This is Tom from Third Rail Design Lab. This is Blake Beginnigan Simmons. This is Mike Narrative Mike Mike. Mike Narrative Mike Mike. You know what time it is, Mike? Narrative Mike. You know what time it's it is? It's fight night. It's fight night. It's time. <laughs> it's it's fight night, Mike night time to to Release the Kraken. What was that you just said? Crack, 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 cracking. I appreciated that very much. I think that's that needs to be folded into the new standard. <laughs> We're gonna have a thirty-second jackass intro to this thing. <laughs> you have to have somebody with a really deep voice go robots. Robots. <laughs> My kids still occasionally hear me like uh, testing, or it might come come on in the car or something, and then they'll they 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 re remember that they're part of the intro. And they get all excited about it. And they're just of the age now where they're asking for, uh, you know, proceeds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're not allowed. They do do you like dinner, kid? Bet your proceeds. <laughs> How about immunizations? You want those? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, okay, guys. dude, you gotta you gotta move that lamp or whatever that is. That a bike, bicycle, helmet? Yeah. What? Thank you. That is. is yeah. That's yeah. the. Um, what was the was it scanners? No. Brainstorm? Brainstorm? What was the movie where it uh Christopher Walken would get plugged in? Oh he, yeah. He yeah. was beautiful and young. That's what that is, because I am. It, it was right by um it was right the same oh, time when he did the uh, Stephen King um yeah. uh, movie. The one they made uh, to the movie, the Death Dead Zone? Dead Zone was the movie that he did. Yeah. But that was not that did not have the robot carapace that's on it. That looks like a a Gurdjer loin uh insect attachment uh that you cannot see but <laughs> from, that's only because of the camera angle from starship troopers that's right uh how do, how do you like my visage look at how clean shaven and beautiful i am i look like a look babe like a... that just came out of business school and rolled and rolled on a barbershop floor that's okay that was <laughs> but it's so much fair point but it is so much less hair suits than last time I, I would think the sound really? quality is better as a result. Look at it. Oh, yeah, it took like it, five yeah, inches it, it, off. It's five inches off, and you don't have the, the dangly uh, dracon, uh, dragon's peak. <laughs> the dragon's peak. Last time I did have it, like, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, yeah. It's great for bobbing apples as long as you put a fish hook off the beard. And just, it's like, a curse. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad idea. It's where you put things for later, like uh, jujubes and such. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, and popcorn. Oh, popcorn and jujubes. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> and, the, and, narr and narrative Mike, not my jujubes either. Yeah. yeah. Pre chewed. Uh, either that or po popcorn and dots. Popcorn and dots are also a good combination. What the not... hell do you guys eat at the movie theater? Well, I'm not I, I just I just take whatever's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why when his buddy Paul Rubens got busted, he was really uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it's awful. Oh. That's not mayonnaise. I'm not salty. I'm not terribly uh, OCD <laughs> or germaphobic, but I will tell you, in the movies, when they show, like, the girl will, like, you know, like a teen girl, and she'll, like, chewing gum, and then she takes her gum out, she sticks it on something, and, like, Max, and then she puts her gum in her mouth, or she gives uh. the person the gum, and then they're chewing the gum. And even when I was young, I'd look at that and be like, that's ill-advised and don't do it. 
especially in this in the current state of the world do not share gum i'm i'm in a state where i'm like you know i'm getting tired of the invisible uh menace whether it's uh you know economic peril whether it's uh viral viral agents in our atmosphere i just did a ride up the mountain and i came down and i'm through the most lush beautiful green vistas i'm going down through ewok country it was redwoods and fronds of of just the most beautiful everything and then i'm like halfway down the thing and i'm like this is 99 percent poison oak fresh poison oak that's bright green you know bright green and so like i don't have any i don't have the wherewithal to do that that cleaning properly i took off my stuff put it in a bag and i took a shower but it's not like i had the chemicals to defeat the oil right so i may have spread it all over my body in the shower so right. later on in this podcast, <laughs> if you see me like twitching, it's not for all the usual reasons of a late podcast. It will be because <laughs> I'm having a, a severe hysteric response. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun. So we'll see how this goes. Or maybe nothing. I, I, I used to believe that I was immune to poison oak based on previous experience. Maybe I still am. Well, it's hopeful. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm trying sorry. to prove a negative. Like, it was so hard to keep focus on your story because you said Ewok country, and immediately my mind just started going, yup, 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 boo, 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 The guy that I was riding with was yep, yepping in front of me on the trail on the single track. And I, was, and I just got really distracted because I kept looking for, like, logs to smash ATSTs with. But yeah. <laughs> you got to love in Star Wars that the armor can be smashed by nothing or it can be impervious. And then their personal armor can deflect laser fire or do nothing, depending. Hey, plot convenience is a major is a major storytelling element with the force. I agree with you. Another Indeed. major storytelling element is the uh, sucking the monkey segment, where we talk about what kind of things we are imbibing or consuming. <laughs> not imbibing. That was uh, an amazing segue, by the way. Thank you, sir, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blake. I made an edict to you that the last time is that if you showed up with a rosé of any kind. We're done. So yep. what have you done? I have I've gone completely to the land of the sober ascetic monks, and I am drinking Coca Cola uh, and a water. That's it. You've got these two trails of white powder coming down the front of your nose. No, that's that's mayonnaise. I see. That's uh, <laughs> oh, you, San, you San Francisco living. It is different than I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, no, it's a. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, just taking a break. Uh, this uh, lockdown thing. Um, yeah, that's time yep. for a break. Yeah. Yep. You're trying to Fair. course correct. Yep. <clears throat> you were having some negative biofeedback response. Yes, indeed. I just needed right. to, I'm just trying to do some clean living for a stretch. Hit okay. new equilibrium. It, it counts if one of us does that. So that's great. What about you? <laughs> I am, I am drinking what is, it is self proclaimed to be the original Pilsner from, uh, that's too many constants in a row. Somewhere in the Czech Republic. Is yes. it still the Czech Republic? All right. Pilsner Urkel. Yeah. I wrote it down no. as Urkel. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Did I do that? Plizen? Yeah, I drink that. Whatever. It's, yeah. I know uh, well. Some, some, some block state freaking beer. All right. <laughs> you're just, you're hate pounding light beer from a, from a, <laughs> from a hey, block state. Hey. hey. Another yes, one of I those, am. yeah. Another one of those uh, countries that has a suspiciously zero COVID uh, death uh, record, probably. Right. Very <laughs> high just... pneumonia record. Very high pneumonia deaths. Very low COVID deaths. I Did not die from COVID. Died from bullet. Yes, <laughs> that's right. It was fall that killed him. So uh, <laughs> sudden <and>, stop. Very bad. 
So I'm I'm having a delicious rum and lemonade today. Nice. I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it was, real. That was the drink of our con. That's wasn't right. It? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's a and it's a standby. I had to decide which I, which uh, beverage I was going to combine with this lemonade, but I had to have lemonade because I was very thirsty, and that's what I'm doing. So nice. guys, I I propose uh, to shake things up a little and start okay. with some uh, Red Sky Roundup news segments. So in other okay. words, I'm not I'm shaking nothing up. You're not you're not shaking nothing up. You're doing exactly what we do all the time. Exactly, but we're going to pretend like it's new because if someone has never heard this podcast before, or if they hear this. Uh, you know, in a thousand years when they're, you know, put, putting our civilization back together, they'll be like, that's interesting. News. Yes. It's, it's primary source analysis. They, they had food and beverages back then. They're not, right. They weren't eating protein paste and uh, alcohol pellets. Yes, that's right. That's right. They're, they, yeah, they'll be, up in the cra- they'll be up in the cradle redoing this research. We found this. We found these ancient recordings and they're filled with sage wisdom. And by which I mean, I want to talk about josh trank ah <laughs> so he's great he is the gift that keeps on giving i Dude, alternate between feeling sorry for this guy and nope, then just never. being amused that his ego can't get out get out of the way because there are a lot of creators who flamed out in the process of doing some of their early work and then had to eat some humble pie and come back stronger and and i don't it's not doesn't i don't think this is going to be one of those i don't think this is going to be one of those stories I still think his first film was amazing. Chronicle and, was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, but he had I control and it was small more. scale. Yep. I would like it a lot more if people had been. Oh, it's such an imaginative take on superhero. I'm like, no, it's no, it's not. It's really it's not. Well, not. The, the, if, if, if you get it, if you if you just pay attention to blockbuster movies, uh, that yeah. would be a refreshing twist, right? But if you're yeah. if you're a true fanboy. That story's been told a gazillion times, and uh, I mean, but, don't get me wrong, but it was I well done. What's, what's it was very name? well done. Yeah. Who was, was the main well character? Who was Alpha Predator? Uh, it was the same, it was the same guy that did Dahan. Yeah. yeah, love that kid. Yeah, love him. Oh, yeah. He was great. I liked um, him in everything except yeah. uh, as Norman Osborn, but everything else he's done, yeah. including yeah. Yeah, 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 everything. But he went from Chronicle, Fantastic Four, and now Fonzo. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, dude, it's going well. Well, so well, he keeps doing these additional. He had another. He had an interview, and I forget whether I don't remember what uh, magazine or whatever it was that was talking. Do they have magazines? Well, whatever it was, some post magazine digital site uh, interviewed him, and he hit a bunch of topics. And it's been enough fodder that the news sites, and granted, it's a slow news period, but they've broken up his interview comments into a series of articles over the course of several days, just touching on different subjects. And again, they're milking it, but. I was amused because I'm fascinated by the train wreck, right? This is uh, yeah. not a case where it's a, you know, like it's not fun listening to information about Brian Singer melting down in his projects because he was a horrible predator. No, that's predator. a sad. Yeah, that's he's a, a horrible sad. predator and there's all this yeah. back and, you know, this reality that it was very uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. Train collapse is like literally going into the, Literally, as my son says, not really literally at all, but going into the, the uh, engineer's uh, compartment in the train and finding there was no one there, right? Fair. Yeah. I mean, well, no, there was a dude there. Bricks that, tied I, the shit switches and things. Yeah, but I mean, he left a while ago. I, I want to put forth a meatball. I want to put forth a meatball. Can we start calling it a trank wreck? A trank, trank wreck. wreck. Oh, trank, I, I think we just called it a classic trank track. 
Well, speaking of not being there, one of the many criticisms that pe- the people on set said was that he would just go and hide in a tent and not come out and yell, oh, yell right? from within the tent. tent. Yeah. And the thing is interesting about it is that on the face of it, you can always figure that the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Because he does, you know, maybe he is going back in and looking on a monitor and needs the darkness or whatever. But uh, I don't think so. Too many people talked about him as just being, you know, just hiding out, freaking out. His dog's yeah. destroying his hotel or his apartment. In, you know, that dog is precious, though. That little dog he has is great. But the thing that tra- trips me out about it is how willingly he expresses things that he thinks justify him or give context, but then only make it worse. So, for well, example, yeah. he revealed that his prep for... Because, you know, he's taken this affect that he was too good for super big-budget superhero movies and he couldn't deal with the system. Well... He's saying, and I kind of believe him, that all he did was watch some Fantastic Four cartoons before starting. <laughs> the fact that that, that happened. So many things. Except the one thing that could have saved that film probably is Herbie. <laughs> no, no. That is a statement that has never been uttered and will never be uttered. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Herbie so. Showed up, Herbie showed up in Iron Man and I was angry. <laughs> hey, Mike, hey, Mike, you, Mike, you, you phased you, out. Yeah, you had such Sorry, Herbie panic what? that you lost your, your audio there. Your headphones are going red. <laughs> All right, am I back? You're, yep. you're back. Okay. You, were, you were enraged yep. about Herbie and Iron Man. I was. You were enraged, but, and he pulled your cord out. Tony Apparently. Stark, Iron Man. Tony Stark, Iron Man. I remember yeah, that. Not as, not as catchy as Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and no one even remembers what force work sounded like, because that was just a dumpster fire. Ugh, well, that armor was terrible. It was. But speaking of dumpster fires, I, I contend, though, that if he had used Herbie, that would at least have been something interesting. It would have been an original take, and I would have liked it. And it's one of my – clearly, it's one of – it's at least my seventh most popular Susan Storm print at the shows. Right? That's, that, that, is, that is a good yeah. print. Yeah. That is a good at least print. seventh, possibly sixth most popular Susan Storm print. So who, who would we have lost? We've lost the thing. I mean, the no-show that was – the thi- was was that Jamie Bell well, that, was Jamie, Jamie Bell? Bell was the Jamie thing yeah, yeah I mean it was a great was, cast like improperly used yeah no it yeah. was a great cast completely under underutilized yeah yeah I mean like yeah and, the, and Michael the, Jordan I mean it was just it was the oh, Miles Teller I mean it was a fantastic yeah. film yeah. and the it idea was, that he would have fought for My- yeah. Miles Teller and then fought with him on set you know yeah and claimed he was a diva I don't know I just I love I, I, I thought cast. I thought I thought he debunked that come to blows with uh, T- Teller. I thought he said that didn't happen. They're walking it they're walking it back a little bit and saying that it was heated, but you know, let's not yeah. you know, let's not kid ourselves. Well and the and the thing is, I wanted to like that so much and we've we've actually uh, reviewed it on the podcast earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and I was I was savaged because I kept trying to find uh, things to be optimistic about. And when it boils down to it, it was not yeah. Yeah. I liked the t- I liked some of the imagery. I liked some of the choices made. The script was terrible. The nonsensical conclusions about changing things and having things go nowhere and having no um, payoff, no Chekhov's guns, no guns, um, uh, timelines that don't make sense. Uh, everything about it was a, was was a hot mess. And I think I was doing a lot of justification because I had that one dream, that one time where Mara was my significant something, <laughs> and I never let go. Right. So, like, anytime I see her, I'm still like, hello, I remember, you know, let's be fair. But, yeah. <laughs> let, let's not kid ourselves. Not yeah. But, yeah, but no, the, no. Uh, yeah, it, it could have been, all, it could have been a lot better than it was. I think we can all agree on that. And, and when the uh, writer, when the writer on the film hates the director, 
that's a bad yeah, place to be. He described Jer- Jeremy Slater, the writer, was describing how uh, Trank put a roadblock between him and the executives and all the producers and everyone else, and so he would do the rewrites, and then Trank would take it off to the powers for their notes, and then he would come back and he would only give him certain notes, but not all the notes. Uh, and he wouldn't let him see the notes, and he wouldn't let the writer talk to anybody else. And so, see, that's a that, that's a myopic, soft, twisted thing. Well, yeah. that's a sophomoric that that's a sophomoric yeah. mistake, right? right? You bring everybody together, everybody's on the same page. No more right. surprises, no more right. And uh, to and then to try and lead at the feet of those studio execs uh, is totally disingenuous, right? He's got to own that because he was the conduit between them. Sure, yeah. and even and even for the people that are critical of some of the Marvel movies as being generic because they have the Marvel stamp about what are supposed to happen. They still are successful to the point they are because everybody's in the room on the same page talking about what the objective is and how they're going to get there. Yeah. That's and the only way they're able to. Yeah. There's a, a, a communal vision, if right. not an agreed upon, but there is a driving, fo- there's a leadership position that is being filled by the person doing the thing. Right. right. And they sit down I mean, and they almost say, okay, all yeah, and they say, this, these are the things that, uh, you know, Feige and, 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 the, and the, you know, the higher ups are saying we have to do in this movie to fit it into the, into the bigger picture of the Marvel story. And then here are all yeah. the things that we can do that's different. And here are all the places that we can experiment. And that's why we get things like a Taika Waititi film or the Rousseau <laughs> uh, uh, Captain America stuff that are so stylistically yeah. different. Yeah. And yet they still fit because they found they figured yeah. out what the parameters were, agreed collectively worked to find the way to make the film that's interesting within those constraints. Parameters are not the enemy as a design thing, right? Parameters yeah. are the enemy I only mean, if you have limited vision. I mean, and as you can see from the two the two movies, like the two director like visions you cited, not so much the the Captain America one, but definitely the Waititi one. I mean, that's a polarizing film. Like there are yes. people who are like, no, that movie's fucking garbage. I'm like, you are insane. And James but, Gunn, okay. James Gunn on Guardians yeah. the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And, and and honestly, that's the thing that made that's the thing that has made those that whole series of movies so interesting to me. For everyone that walked away and said, I couldn't do what I needed to do, so we're we're, you know, we're gonna start over. And especially yeah. early on, you know, like you know, with uh, the first uh, Thor sequel. Yeah. I appreciate that they made the choices they made and they probably made good ones, but later films, particularly when Marvel was willing to open up and be a little bit looser about what they were going to allow to happen, they could take the risk. Yeah, yeah. It it was so much better for the franchise because some of the the early reactions to Guardians and uh, Thor 3 was, well, they're taking it in this comical direction and that's not my serious, I don't know, my serious super fisticuffs, which I think are boring (laughs) as shit. But what they proved... Which one's your serious movie again? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I find that boring as hell. And like, the Russos did a great job in the final two Avengers movies for the, in, in for the scale of what they had to do. They pulled it off, but that's nowhere near as interesting to me as all the diversions, including their earlier stuff with Captain America. Like, I think, you know, when they're able to play in that sandbox, and they're given that freedom, that's how we got the most interesting stuff out of that franchise. Yeah, I agree. Black Panther too, right? So anyway, so Trank. Not only that, um, so, he even so landed with non-real yeah, Marvel. Back to the Trank wreck. Back to the Trank wreck. Um, he even claimed that he was having to sleep with a gun because he was afraid after all of the casting backlash for hiring a black man for for uh, Johnny Storm. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, come on, dude. That's I mean, real. Come on. 
Come on. Equal chances that's real and not or or false, and either way, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah, even if it's if it is real, it's it's truly pathetic. If he's making it up to make him be more sympathetic, that is just the that's total cool. bottom dweller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Next, next, he's gonna he's gonna uh, engineer being jumped right and then oh it was such a terrible thing well and uh, i've been taking over replace with a robot yeah ugh, ugh. well i mean and and the thing that's so sad about that is that every showrunner on these bigger projects gets an absolute shit ton of death death threats and hate mail because well, of all the, the basement fan fanboys and all the the hyper overstimulated um reactionary people and that's just part of it and they have people they have staff to weed that out right yeah this is the bag that's the bad stuff, and this is the bag that you might want to look at, right? So, yeah. It was a train wreck. Hey, but speaking of Marvel, did you know? Item. Did you know that WandaVision completed production before... It, they finished all of their principal shooting before the the production was shut down. So it's the yes. one Marvel Disney Plus project that was actually in the can and just awaiting post-production work, which means, in theory, depending on how things go... Because they've got a lot of experiments in front of them mm-hmm. about what how they're going to release different things and when. That's the one that could come out first if they chose to, because they could do the production of it. They could do the finished or the post production work remotely, right? Yep. A lot of those engineers can do that remotely. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually, even though that was one of the ones I was looking forward to the least, despite liking the characters and the actors, just the concept of the genre flipping. To, to uh, I'm sorry to evoke genre. <laughs> I love, to, but to I love Lucy uh, yeah, Rovacs yeah. and that and the Brady Bunch. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but I, I can't wait for the Island episode. Yeah. Sure, and I'm willing to accept it now. I would just like to see it, and I'm hoping but that I'm, it doesn't get pushed off too far. But did it? Uh, so I think, but that's a big question, right? Because you know, yes, these dynastic um, story weaving that goes yes. on. And I thought there was supposed to be some ties to the new Strange movie that is going to be mm. pushed for a while, and so I thought that, uh, that there that may have been some connections, but I don't think they're go- I don't think they're going to be direct because yeah. Strange under- underwent some significant rewrites when they lost Erickson, which yep. is still a crying shame. It is. Uh, all right, but I, and then but I, so but yeah. I'll just say, but but I, you know, thank God Trank didn't do the Boba Fett movie after the solo debacle. Uh, oh, so oh, but in the same interview, he <laughs> said they didn't fire me, I quit. I quit, <laughs> yeah. I'm the one Straight guy that walked Eddie. away from Disney first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when, when you shit the bed, yeah, no, uh, no, I broke they, up first. I broke yeah. up, yeah, I broke up with her, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, stupid Kathleen. I'm not taking unemployment. I quit. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my pride on a corner. Uh, the other thing that I have here for, t- for today, and this is something that Narrative Mike will appreciate the most, uh, they're supposedly actively developing a Disney Plus series about the character Ironheart Riri Williams, which is the, if you don't I know, do. this is... I yeah, do this love is, me Riri. Yeah, this is a wonder wonderkind, a, a younger African American girl who is at MIT, I think, mm-hmm. and she she's like, you know, she's like, I don't know, seven years younger than she should be, being there or whatever, right? She massively yeah, accelerated fun. through, yeah. right? Unlike in the trank fa- in the trank world, 
when 30-year-old Miles Teller was playing and uh, and Jamie Bell were pretending to be in a high school science class science fair right. with little kids right when they're <laughs> oh, yeah. oh it's such a treasure anyway so uh Riri Riri Williams is Ironheart so she she builds herself her own Iron Man armor and then there's an AI in there that is patterned it's after tough. Tony and then he guides her and helps her evolve it and whatever and then she goes off and she does some adventuring I think they will change it quite a bit a fair amount of that I hope oh, they have they're gonna have to I mean it, the the good thing is that that takes place in the in the comic series when Tony is dead correct I mean which he happens it, it, to be now I guess he still is dead technically but so it's, we're, in weird, we're in a weird spot right now um yes. so <laughs> so I mean it's cool it, it'll be cool to like we've already had um Damn, what was the name of the shades that he puts on? Um, in the uh, end, Al- Alice or Edith? Edith? Yeah, yeah. Edith. Even dead, I'm still the hero. Like, isn't that I'm the hero? Isn't that is isn't that what they're called? Like, yeah. it, we, already <laughs> the, we already have that the that Tony has an AI presence that he's yeah. set up for people he loves, right? Right, right, right. So, and I, I did mean, like, and I did like in the movies that they they took that they took. Um, what was his original AI called in the films? Uh, I'm just blanking on it. It's not like uh, I'm Friday. the world's biggest Iron Man fan. No, before Friday. Um, uh, Jar- uh, Jarvis. Jar- 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 Jarvis. Yeah, yeah. Jarvis. Yeah. yeah. And that became Ultron. And that became Vision. Yeah. Vision yeah. and Ultron, right? And then they yeah. and then he created Friday for for Pepper. Yeah. I always call Paul Bettany Mr. Jennifer Connelly. Of course. Yeah. And, but and, I, and I just and want that. that connection, right, between the two of them yeah. as AIs, right? Yeah, but it's it's also cool that he just makes killer bots out of everything. Sure. Yeah. Right. Everything always comes. To... <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Come on. They're I protect- lost another murder bot. They're protector bots until they lose their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And, but, how... but Jennifer Connelly's Karen, right? Isn't that isn't that what Peter calls her? Oh, is it Karen? I think it's Karen. Yeah. All All I know is, uh, all I'm saying is, I would prefer if Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> is to be in a Mar- Marvel movie that's in continuity besides Hulk, which is not really continuity, and especially not that version, I would like her to be on screen and, oh. and embracing a real character and not just be the AI. They gave yeah. it to Bettany. I'd like them to give it to her. Like, if they're going with turning Stark AIs into personages, it'd be cool if she became Jocasta. I was thinking that same thing. That's what I thought they were going to yeah. do. It was I mean, Jocasta's, Jocasta's a great character, so... Totally. But, yeah. And how and how uh, and how great uh, Age of Ultron got a bad rap for a number of reasons, but how great was that one scene when the wrecked uh, Stark Stark drone yeah. is all in a shambles and it's all like staggering up zombie style and it's got that mangled yeah. voice, and that yep. brings me to something I thought about earlier today that I was going to bring up tonight, which is I like when these characters have a sig- significant amount of artificial modulation or changes to their voices. And it annoys me when they don't. And the early version of him in the trailers had a deeper metallic sound and dark, deeper yeah. sound. And in the yeah, final yeah. cut, they gave it much, mostly just his voice. So now it's just, uh, what's his name? James uh, Spader. James Spader. And I'm like, eh. and it's the same thing I felt about Thanos. And I said it from the beginning. They needed a deeper, rumblier Thanos voice. It could have been Brolin, but just a deeper rumblier spacey a space that a space brolin voice just pitch him down a little bit that's what i'm saying and give it a little auto tune yeah. in, in, in a menacing way 
in a purpley way, and it would have been perfect. But like, <laughs> your voice, Josh, your voice just isn't powerful <laughs> enough. Yes, you're, you're, more, you're more indigo. I need more violet. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mr. Trank, could you please go back in the tent? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, not to be undone by the, the massive onslaught, and I don't mean onslaught in the way you think I mean it, of Marvel uh, Properties... No. We are D- not bringing that up. DC couldn't be couldn't be left left out of this and had um, exciting rumors that they are going to resume looking at a Superman movie as opposed to the Supergirl that they had supposedly had in production or pre-production. Uh, and the only reason I find that interesting is that they're in such a hot mess with their continuity right now, yeah. with their casting. They're down to two of the original Justice League still on film, right? Hey, yeah, if they're lucky. Yeah, assuming, assuming the yeah. Flash guy is still off, and I don't know, with his weirdness, pun- punching fans in the face is not great. Um, nope. But so, well, I can imagine if I was getting the amount of flack that he got for being Flash, I might punch some people too. You know, but I don't. Yeah, but I don't know if you. I don't know if you'd punch punch like a sixteen year old girl or whatever. Yeah, well, up to you in a liquor store. Sorry, I, I have no idea what he did. Yeah. Just just look just look it at your bank account. Just just look at your bank account and then get some perspective. <laughs> and and that's you know yes. dial it down, dude. <laughs> that, that's why I've respected so much the actors who when interviewed about privacy issues and paparazzi and stuff, yeah. and they're like, Well, it's my brand. I mean, this is what yeah. like, this is yeah. this is the job I chose, right? So and, uh and so getting remunerated significantly better than the the yeah. average citizenry. So you're yeah. allowed sure. to dislike it, but it's bad form sure. to complain about it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I th- but I think so, that because part of their persona that the mystique of the tragic victim and yes. oh yeah right the that they they yeah. can parlay that in a lot of ways. <clears throat> Angelina, the uh... yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, shots across the bow, yo, Woo! I'll give so, her one thing, and that is that he was great in Heat. Wait, what? So, what, promising, what promising young actor are we going to screw over now with Superman? No, so what about, yeah. yeah. So anyway, my point My point is... Brandon Roush, where are you? No, yeah, I, my point... He's a, he's a very nice man. He is a nice man. And the best thing that ever happened to him was leaving that suit. He oh, got yeah. a bad rap. He did a great job, what he, what he did, and he tried hard, and he looked he good, and it was the and wrong... That, yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't land. Super Stalker was not a good look. No, no. And you know, the thing is, I don't watch those shows that he's on. Uh, dipshits yeah. of Tomorrow, whatever it is. But I do. Real dipshits. No, it's real dipshits of Orange County. Yes. My sense is that he's better as, as isn't he playing the Adam? Yeah, he's, he's better he's, in yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. They've turned, they turned him into more of like a, you know, like a low rent Iron Man. But yeah. it was good. Like he was, he was great. I liked him. Did you see I, Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. Yes. I have. I yeah. have not, and, I, and it's on my list. I still haven't gotten to it. It is so but, good. But I understood he yeah. was great in it. He was. He, oh yeah. The, the super so vegetarian warrior oh superhero. Yeah. 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 You yeah. drink soy. It was a latte. It's soy. <laughs> now, did you uh, yeah. did you see Dylan Dog? I think I did. Yes, that's the one where uh, he talks to the dead, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember liking that. I might have been drunk though. My yeah, my sense is uh, that he is a lot more than what we got out of him in Superman. Agreed. And I also think that a lot of his uh, delivery. It's another one of the. It's like the star. It's like the prequels problem. If I may bring back Clone Wars for the eighty fifth time, 
Yeah. A lot of it had a great cast. <laughs> For the most part, it had a great cast, and they were hampered by not only a bad script, but the worst direction in terms of how they were supposed to speak and stand and act. Right? They were told, "Be wooden." This is what we're doing. This is the Jedi thing. We're going to be still and just say this line and evoke no emotion. And this is what you're doing. All of those, all of those actors have done massively better work. Hayden Christensen has actually he does great. Jumper my was fucking great. My life is a house. You ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got chops. So mm-hmm. so you know, uh, Ruth was was being told to play alienated, esoteric. Yeah. distant uh god god level superman that is having trouble recapturing the humanity side of himself he was told to play it that way but he did it but then because the whole project felt cold and fell flat he was given a bad rap for his superman and i think that's just unfortunate but what i'm saying about this particular news is that since they've recast batman in an exciting way i think it's an opportunity for them to do a recast of superman as much as i like henry cavill much more yeah. now after witcher Maybe and I didn't dislike yeah. him before as Superman, but I'm I. I like him and oh, and uh, shotgun see... shotgunning his arms right. <clears throat> no, the, the, the reload. The... Yeah, the reload. Did you see the uh, Did you see the man from Uncle? I loved him in Man from Uncle, and I'm gonna I... tell you, it was him. Uh, okay, right? okay, okay. The man from Uncle, he was good in it, but that was a piece of trash. Oh, movie. come on, no. Oh, why are you a... so mad? <laughs> 60s Alicia Vikander. I love I love the original series. I love the original series. Oh, and that thing was oh, a disaster. That was <laughs> she, is, she is so pretty. Oh my god. She is the one I think of more than any anyone else when I think about where they use the makeup to create a flesh shaped hole in the universe, right? She doesn't use like colored lipsticks and eyeliners and things. Like if you see a lot of times she uses like a nude on the lips and just a little bit of something here. And so as a result she has this like almost artificial, almost Deus Ex Machina thing going on in her. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. So I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Okay. Well, I thought, okay. Yeah, she's go fleshy. Ahead. She's tan and fleshy, is what I'm saying. All right. So look, let's let's uh, let's bring this up a notch out of the gutter and talk about something. Can I talk about new mutants? Oh, new mutants? Why not? New? Why not? New? Never going to happen. I was going to say, we have to talk about new, the debacle that is the New Mutants. That thing, it's I just mean, so preposterous. Oh, my God. It's like it's like they set out to Ishtar it, right? Like, instead well, I mean, of just releasing it and letting it be what it is. Just or for dumping fuck's it on sake, Disney just Plus, put it on VOD. Just put it on Hulu or Disney Plus or something. Just be grow. done with it. Why I not mean, just let it be what it is? I, and it's like, I'm it's like, like it, the entire cast. I'm like, no. this looks great. Yes, just yeah. let it go. But it's it's like it's like when you see an animal get hit on the highway and the animal doesn't die right away and it crawls around, crawls around, and then goes to the other side of the road, gets hit by a tractor, it's still crawling around, and then gets hit by a bike and dies. That's the new mutants allegory right there. That is what? why not <laughs> let this dark, dark world, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Nebraska. I grew up totally in Nebraska. Flattened, that a totally middle flattened tire track covered demon bear. Oh yeah, God. and they're just waggling around, just waggling around. I, I obviously need more beer before we continue. This. Put it out of instead its misery of, and just release it. Yeah, yeah, instead of intestinal skid marks, it's uh, techno uh, techno virus <laughs> threads, right? Uh, nice. See, little Doug Rock. Little I brought Doug it back. Like I brought it back. Well, okay, so uh, yeah, it, I, they should have just released it and let it be done. Um, Agreed. I don't, I don't understand, but I also think 
it's not a great sign. I keep, I'm optimistic. I, I was not interested in that project. I love New Mutants, but for some reason it was just not firing for me, but I was like, I'll see it. But I wasn't excited about it. But the more it gets uh, dragged, the more I want it to be good. I want it to be a cult film that is released to Disney Plus or something, and then everyone goes, oh, this is great, right? Oh, there's the mon- no way Monster Man or whatever it is, you know? What's that? Yeah. So there's no way that movie's going to work on Disney Plus. Yeah. Like, or like the new Mutants. But Disney yeah. owns Hulu now, so it'll go on Hulu as well. Yeah, yeah well, that's fine. It's just like, it's touched. Oh, but wait, wait. But, but, I mean, you, but you can do video on demand. Look, look at Extraction, oh. right? No, like, that's yeah, not yeah, it. it yeah, yeah. Look at Extraction. That, that was amazing. Yeah, but what I I'm saying is, like he's saying Disney Plus won't allow that content, and so they'd put it on Hulu, right? Yeah, yeah they should just get it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying, brand wise, it doesn't right. fit there. Yeah, that's well, on. Well, put, put, put it in Skinamax. They're putting hair pants on Splash. So, yes, they've got some issues with their brand identity on disney plus you heard about that right yes they released splash on disney plus and they put digital they put digital corrections to hide her her ass to to fish connection points and oh look at that bottle service hand delivered article yes wow um yeah they 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 felt there was too much uh crack to fish and so they digitally modified it but they did it in the worst possible way, and it looks like she's got this like, fur, furry, like little loincloth or something going on. <laughs> it's the most—it's a disaster. Oh, oh. It's become a meme. It's hilarious. But but anyway, so, look. So so wait. So now our hallmarks are the fake head move for Han, the the um, replacement walkie talkies for guns in yes. ET, and yes. the hairy ass crack. Yeah, it's it's not a great look. It's not a great look. Those are great but, benchmarks. Those are great benchmarks. But I will say, as much as I'm, I, I tend to try to be an apologist for things that are getting a bad rap, as you know, on this program. That's what I do. But I will say that I'm a little bit alarmed when the main voice of reason or cheerleader for this project is that Rob Liefeld claims that he saw it and everybody in the test audience loved it. Yeah. Because no boy, no. You and I know from very personal recent experience that you can believe nothing that you hear from Rob Liefeld. Yes. <laughs> I, still, I still think that that dirty cup's going to make a lot of money, unless it's covid and I we just don't know. We don't know. Okay, don't there's know. a backstory here that I do not know. When we he, was, at, he was one table down from us at the last con. Yeah, we were at the Tumbleweed Con, which was uh, Wizard uh, Bay Area. <laughs> Wizard Con, Wizard Con, the Tumble Con. Tumble con. Tumble yeah, con. It, it, was the the, one, it was the one that was so low priority that even you fell asleep rather than coming to it. Yeah, and, I know. And... Uh, and, and and the and the sign of how bad it was, the litmus test was that the line of pre, you know, like the 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 queue for people waiting to get signatures from Rob Liefeld was uh, like one and a half booths long, so it was across yeah. from us, and that line should have been a lot down the way and around the corner with his sort of sustained popularity at shows, and it was one and a half booths long, so it was about thirty people. And uh, he only showed up in the afternoon, and then he left again. And when I went to get coffee that one time, he was in the coffee shop telling stories to the family that bought him a coffee. Back in the Heroes Reborn days and all this stuff. And I feel for the guy because, you know, it's, you know things have happened. I think he probably handled it better than some would. Certainly better than Trank did. Mm-hmm. But uh, then he did, the, he did the worst. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did the worst thing you could do at a show. And you know I feel strongly about this. He left, right? He decided it wasn't worth his time, so he packed up and left. So people yep. came back the next day looking to see him, and he wasn't there. And wow. then all of and every time someone leaves at a convention, 
it's a it's a dead weight on the entire row, right? Because now you have yeah. dead space. And people glance down the row and they see an empty table and go, what's that? And it immediately discourages people from coming down the row. So when creators leave, it's a huge problem. And that and that's bad enough when it's artists in the alley. But when it's a professional, high-profile creator that they've chosen to insert into the alley instead of the main booths, which was its own interesting thing. Like, why yeah. wasn't he in the main autograph area? He was in the artist alley? Yeah. And the fact that he left early was a real uh, bummer because... Now there was less to block the tumbleweeds as they kept going. They would just go right by his table. <laughs> so I spread my stuff all the way down that. And then the people right between us, right? Remember they left. And so then I spread stuff on that. And so pretty soon I had 50 feet of, of coverage. It didn't help. Anyway, look, what I'm saying is when Rob Liefeld, who has a long history of questionable comments and backing horses and whatever else, is the lone voice that says that New Mutants has been seen by him and was loved. That's not a good thing. Not good. Yeah, yeah, it's not, and, it's the, and I'd like to draw the parallel to our friend uh, William Gibson, who famously announced that he saw he went to the set of uh, Johnny Mnemonic and was blown away. He was in yep. full uh, methamphetamines mode at that time and was like, you know, this is it was great. There were sharks and whatever and monowire. I loved it. And then we were like, yeah, OK. And then it came out. and You're like, that's Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> around. What the fuck's happening? <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, but, it's, I, but, but the fact that yeah, but, but Henry Rowan. Yep. Henry Rollins was amazing in that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Jones is the guy. Sorry, go, yeah, back to me. Let's go, Blake. Go. But, that, but this is the sixth release date for this movie. Right. Stretching back to 2018. But at least yeah, it has ridiculous. a poster now. That's a good sign. No, they had oh. a poster before. This is like the third poster. Yeah. That's a bad sign. I like yeah. that number, but it's not a great sign. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about something a little bit more sophisticated? Something that Probably has not. always, from beginning to end, been a bastion of quality. And that is Star Wars news. It's not always good. It's actually often not good. <laughs> no, it's not. It, uh, I have a few ideas. That's a, that a pregnant pause if I ever heard one. Yeah. I hate the sand. You know, I just, uh, last week I watched... <laughs> Comb week the I desert! Watched... Comb yeah. the desert! Last week, I that's <laughs> exactly right. Last week, I watched uh, Revenge of the Sith for the first time since the first time I watched it, right? Ooh. Because it has so much import, importance rel relative to the current continuity of what we're getting in terms of new stuff for Star Wars. And, it does. And I couldn't help myself. I was like, I have to enjoy this. So I was doing all these fast forwards. Like, anytime he's talking to anybody, I'm like, zip, zip, zip. And I was, and I got through it. And I was like, hey, you know, I actually didn't, dis I didn't not enjoy that. Um, it was the that best was of the. Yeah, I mean, it had the best effects of the tr of the prequel and the dog fighting at the beginning. That whole thing was good. And, compared, and was like, compared to the first two, compared to the first two, that's yes, an Oscar yes, winner. Yes, until yeah. Rogue One, that was one of the better. Until Rogue One, it was one of the better. Yeah. Uh, scale based uh, air, uh, space assault scenes, which was good. Yep. I wish. I just really wish they would have. Uh, they would have let Kenneth Branagh direct it. Because yeah. they they had this whole Shakespearean tragedy thing, the love totally. triangle set up with with Ben and Anakin, oh, yeah. right? And and they could have made it could have, they they don't know how close they came to making a great movie. That's they right. made they made it they made a good movie, but they, if they would have just right. gone a little more Shakespearean with it, it could have just been incredible. They could have changed the you know that that retroactive. Uh, Sir rewrite of of the whole experience of the prequels. If they landed mm -hmm. strong mm -hmm. with a with a Shakespearean ending, 
it yep. would have made you wash over the previous two and forget the Clone Wars happened and it would have been a whole yep. different thing in this in the history of Star Wars for sure. So but what just, I found was I huh? right, right. We're cutting out certain things like yes. what's the Palpatine is evil. No, no, no. Okay, so so no just that, that shit out loud. That 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 would that would be gone. Like all that shit would be gone. Kenneth Branagh would have never allowed that. Just look at what he did with Thor. That would have never happened. That would have never, ever happened. I have the high ground. Didn't you beat a dude from the low ground? Like, what well, the but no. and, and the best part of that was Obi-Wan going, don't do it. I'm going to do it. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then he does a three part. And then he does a three limb slash. I mean, that was fucking yeah. amazing. All right. So. So and we we'll talk more about it when Mike, you and I uh, spend seventeen hours on Clone Wars, but um, yeah, was, which is yeah. a different recording than when Blake and I do seventeen hours on Stevenson. But yeah. I will say that watching I only do five of those seventeen. Yeah, I, I will say in context though, it was hard to watch Revenge of the Sith after seeing Clone Wars and Rebels and other pro and other material and reading and learning about the 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 story, if not the yeah. filmed, well. The TV stuff really, really changed everything. But when yeah. you, when you, I couldn't separate my mental image of his tragic story from what you actually got. And what I was doing was, I was infilling a lot of pathos to it that wasn't there. Right? Like when I watched mm -hmm. it, I cut out all of his whining. I'm like, up, and I went straight to the, like as soon as the buzz droids got on there, I'm like, zip, fast forward, and then you know, yep. he's bitching and moaning. His instant turn where he's like. Obi-Wan's not listening to me. Ah, I'm so angry. You know, like I just immediately jumped to the next scene. Like every time that it got right. stupid, I would skip. Yeah. And I felt like I saw, I felt like I got this, this package when in fact I didn't, I was infilling it from all the other continuity that we've, that they fleshed out later. And when I looked at it from the perspective of what you were seeing for the first time for those fans, yes, yeah, yeah. it was still garbage, man. It was total garbage. Yeah. Have you had like, you guys are much more in the in the know than I am. Have either of you ever seen Topher Grace's cut of those three movies to turn them into one movie? I've heard about it, but I've never watched it. Uh, me either. No, no. It's supposedly it's like a, under lock and key, but apparently it's really good. Apparently he's got like chops as an editor. Now did he? Now did his, did he incorporate into that? This could be a completely different thing. But was was he the the source of the concept that uh, Obi Wan was? Uh, uh, mingling midichlorians with uh, Padme. Oh. Have you, do you remember that? I don't, I don't know if that's him. I think that's just out there. Like they were just. Okay. I mean, you know McGregor in a scene with freaking Natalie Portman. Come on, who doesn't yeah. want that? Because <laughs> I saw a video some years ago where they said if you you know this canon tweak completely changes and makes everything make more sense. And it was if you just assume that right at this moment they yeah. had a they had a schlep, a space schlep. Then from there on out, everything that happens, all the little side glances, all the comments, yeah, yeah. all the all the decisions that were made, and it plays into his jealousy at the end, right? His paranoia, his dark side oh, yeah. paranoia. Oh yeah, yeah, but but, but that, that, that but that uh, that is a Shakespearean twist on it, right? Yeah, but yeah. but but it also flies in the face of the big reveal in Empire, right? That unless unless it's, he's a deluded he's a deluded yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the paternity <laughs> test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why you know Skywalker's here? So, <laughs> and then what's the movie title? Last Skywalker. It's all a lie. It's, it's, a, it's, it's all. They even they even pulled one over on the director and the writers. The um, 
there's an interesting did you see this piece on the bbc where some guy went off saying empire was the worst star wars movie ever what was he clubbed no he he said empire was the worst because it set up all this uh wrongness about the canon that locked it down and made it this it, it presaged the disaster that was the prequels that was his reasoning it was a very interesting read uh let's see um well i mean i'm just interested in the no, I, I I completely reject it. I because uh, Empire yeah. is still my favorite movie, and uh, out of out of the whole series, Rogue One is close because yes. Rogue One was yes. pretty That's damn my good. Favorite. That was my favorite. Um, yeah, but yeah, but, but uh, like, discount putting Rogue One in front of Empire is like putting Winter Soldier in front of Iron Man. Right? We couldn't have Rogue One without Empire. Yeah. Right. We couldn't have it, it yep. without all the other movies, but especially Empire. Is that so, Kasdan directed? That's Kasdan directed, right? I think so. Well, even we even when up. I think back on my love of Empire, it is like I love the beginning. I love the first and third acts of Empire. And even yeah. as a kid, I was bored by Dagobah, even though I understood the reason for it as an adult. As a pacing issue, it slowed down the movie and made me bored even as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so if we had – and there's – I don't know – how so funny. To... I thought you were going to say Bespin, and I was about to be so mad at you. No, no, no. No, no, no. You know how I feel about my space ice cream, buddy. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> that is like my favorite Bespin-related anything. And the fact that someone at some point actually made a casting of a figure with that, and I wish I had it, because I would pay top dollar for that, right? You know what mm-hmm. we're talking about, Blake, right? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, but I mean, I love the first and third acts, but it also reminds me of a time when the Star Wars movies had a set number of set pieces and it Mm -hmm. was a linear adventure story as you work through them. And the prequels, bafflingly, I was very aware of this in this viewing because I watched the first two with the kids, partly, partly until they fell asleep, still not a great sign. And then I saw the third one recently myself. They violate that rule. They go back to Mm -hmm. bouncing all over the place. They just bounce all over the place. They're bouncing back and forth and they're making trips to and from all this stuff. Yeah. And it's awful. And the, the sequels didn't do a great job either. They at least had some different yeah, set yeah. pieces, but they did some bouncing. There's so. like the beginning, the the first couple, the first couple minutes, not minutes, even bigger than that. Like the first 20 minutes of the newest movies. Like I'm like, holy shit, where the fuck are we right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. like this point, this point, this point, this point. I'm like, okay, JJ, I need but you to fuck but, out. But that's what he. But that's what he did on Star Trek. That shouldn't yeah. be a surprise to anyone. That's yeah. exactly what he did on Star Trek. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. I'm surprised. It's they just, identified it's the like, locations. They were blocked dude, by lens. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What well, the, the the last one was really just the most frenetic, chaotic, uh, trying to try up all the loose threads that they had to make a compelling Franken plot. It was yeah. Well, Rogue One was the only one that they actually showed. I don't know. Remember if Solo did too. And remember, I'm still pro Solo. But I, but I, <laughs> but I think it makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but the I space monster and the warp spice. Like, oh Don't my fucking about god. <laughs> That's details. Don't worry about that. Uh, but I think Rogue One was the only one that actually had scene markers that would tell you what planet you were on. Isn't that right? No, no, they. No, they all have scene markers, don't they? They don't. They do. have, like, no, they don't. Like, they don't ever yeah. say Tatooine. No. 
Well, no, sorry, no, not the early movies. I thought we were talking about the the sequels. Do the sequels do that too? God, I don't think they did that. because I, I, thought, I, thought they, I thought they did on the middle one. I thought they did on the middle one. Jedi I mean, might would, have because it was in, right it was superior in every way. Yeah. But I feel like yeah. in the last one they would have just been constantly text on screen. <laughs> there would have been. That's fair. Well, I just uh, I, lo- I loved how the the Rooster Brothers took it to its most uh, ridiculous extent. Oh, I knew like, you were gonna say it. Full screen I... blow, like dun dun. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you just if you decipher all the fake like all the fake oh. language, it tells you crazy shit like that's gonna happen. Like this this dude's gonna die in five minutes. Like it's dude, <laughs> I was so sad. This was my total like flowers wilt in my hand moment in that theater when we were watching it together and the giant block text jumped up and it said, you know, <laughs> Warsaw, Budapest, Slokovia, Budapest. <laughs> and, and then, and then you guys just kept you and I think it was you and Blair. Right. And you guys just kept yelling. It's Toronto or whatever. It was. Mad. <laughs> Vancouver. It's and, Vancouver. And, and as a, and as a, and as a heavy high contrast block type guy, I was absolutely fucking loving it. Uh, remember Fringe, and they would show the fucking. Uh, oh yeah. They would yeah. show the the text in 3D, planing into uh, the scene. Dude, so, I, loved, I loved Fringe. Fringe is a great show. Fringe yeah, is a great show. And and, uh, and Preacher and a number of projects since then on TV have done have used high contrast, heavy handed block text for scenes, even with the even with a thump as they landed, and I love it. But you guys couldn't let it go just because no. it was the very same mountains in the background of every single scene, and they were like Tahiti. <laughs> Taiwan. It they just, just, it they got just a, covered it with the with the text, and you couldn't see anything behind it. Yeah, like, it, it got a little. It got, go go go. It's like that. It's like that full frontal, and now even the Bond films are doing it. So yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But at least with the Bond films, you have moving right along. So uh, sultry dulcet, sultry dulcet tones. Something, something like that. Something with fleshy nudes, and I don't know what. Uh, Ar- De Armas and yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, what I, I don't want to say. News. <laughs> what I wanted to say was regarding Star Wars, uh, yeah. the casting Andor project is still moving forward, and that's the one I'm most excited about. On the other than Mandalorian, that's the one I'm most excited about on the Disney Plus uh, network because I loved the look of Rogue One. I loved the storyline, and there was a there was an abandoned plot point about the character of. Uh, what's his name? Cassian. Cassian. And what's his name that's in Cassian Andor? So there was an abandoned plot point uh, that he wasn't. He was an Imperial that jumped mm. ship, and they sort of they they have they eliminated it from Rogue One, and then they absorbed it into the pilot that defected to tell them about things. Right, Ahmed's character, and. I don't know whether they'll still do this or not, but what they have said is that they're going to definitely focus on it being like a spy thriller and that it's going to be five years prior and it's him in deep cover and that sort of thing. And what they'll probably do, I think, since they've already used this character as a as a defect, what I think they'll do is or defector, I should say a defect. If you consider being able to gauge the distance of hose couplings and such. But anyway, (laughs) um um, he didn't do the math. He didn't do the math. But but um, I like the idea that it would be him deep cover as an Imperial. They played it up wow. a little bit in Rogue One when she was dressed up, right? They were dressed up. He was yeah. in an officer's yeah. uniform, and she had that really great, un- completely unreasonable Death Star engineer's 
helmet that you can't see out of that I love so much. Oh, and oh no, she was ground crew, right? She was landing crew. She was the ground crew, yeah. With the, with yeah. the things coming out, which is an amazing look. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just like the idea that that show will be a heavily a, like kind of a spy thriller bent, and all the people that they've cast on it that we've talked about in previous episodes. I'm excited about that. Um, another thing is they recently, this since we recorded last, they officially re- uh, confirmed that Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars movie. They made yes. That, they made yes, that I'm con- so happy. confirmation on uh, May the Fourth, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, have you ever played? Have you ever played the Void? You ever done the Void, the 3D have, simulator? Uh, nope. So it's 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 in town. We can go and do it. But it's uh, you actually do a mission for Cassian. Is this like holodeck? Uh, kind of. Yeah, you put on the computer gear and you have blasters <laughs> and. But the thing is, you actually go to different rooms. Like, you're uh-huh. actually in a physical space and you're moving through. Yeah. But uh, you do a mission for Cassian to go get an artifact off of Mustafar. Oh, nice. And, yeah, it's it was actually... You, you all dress up like like you, you get Stormtrooper gear. So when you look around, everyone else is with has Stormtrooper gear on. Yeah, that's pretty and cool. It was... I. If you guys want to go do it, I will go do it again. Like I it will was, do it, it too. In 2032 when we're allowed to. Right. Yeah. Oh, fair. Yeah. So well, yeah, with, the, with the with uh, the disinfectant body scrub. Yeah. And, the, uh, <laughs> were the so were the Mustafarians no name people that just get slashed for thirty seconds, or were they actually presented no, with a story the way they were no, supposed no, no. to be in Rise of Skywalker and never were? No, 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 no. We just do. We just deal with. Um. We just deal with stormtroopers. I so. just got uh for my for my quarantine birthday. I got the. Uh, it was a pre order, but I got the uh, art. The art of uh, I have all the art of books for the Star Wars oh, series, right? Oh, and so I got too. the Rise of Skywalker one, and it's oh, still yeah. it's still waiting to be opened. I haven't opened it because I was waiting for a good whiskey because I was like I'm going to be really upset because I've seen like I've <laughs> yeah. seen some I've seen a dark ray with blood red scale mail and stuff or ban- like oh, weird I kind of more like banded mail, and I'm just yeah, like yeah. she looks kind of looks like the uh, the way the uh, the Praetorian Guard looked in Last Jedi. Like yeah, you know, yeah. sort of, or like more, uh, almost like uh, some of the Daenerys uh, costumes, you know, where the the yeah, we- yeah. the weaving yeah. that looks evokes scales, but it's actually leather bands and stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Anyway. I love those books. I have them all on my bottom shelf. Whenever you uh, that's the that is yeah. the uh, that is the gold standard for things mm-hmm. that you love from your uh, Thanos glove, Infinity Gauntlet, to uh, all of your Third Rail Design Lab periodicals. And, oh yeah, uh, and, and releases you put them on the bottom shelf, and you know it's good. Right? <laughs> so well, it's a, it's the easiest to access. It's not right. top shelf; it's bottom shelf. All right, so it's let's the get opposite to... for alcohol. All right, and so the elephant in the room, the the cyber bounty elephant, is obviously the Mandalorian. We've got season two. We've got season three. Season two is wrapped, mm-hmm. and the post production season three is already underway. The first thing they confirmed was that uh, Boba Fett was coming back. And yep. then, in short order, they started talking about other characters that were coming back within that same sort of era of storytelling. And I think this is absolutely fascinating. But the first initial reaction that a lot of people had was that if you bring Boba Fett into The Mandalorian, it's sort of a jump the shark moment. And I don't agree. And I wondered what you thought. I, I don't think Boba Fett's a Mandalorian, personally. So I think well, it's going to be really interesting. Well, no, I know. But it's going to be really interesting to see the two, like the two, two is uh, there's more than two. Like obviously, the Mandalorian falls the way where Boba Fett does fucking not. Well, you know? I mean, 
the so, choice the choice that he made i mean star wars if more than any other project that i can think of is a masterclass in seeing how the continuity mutates over the course of the production time and how the retconning becomes oh, yeah. part of the story and you just kind of yeah, yeah. as an adult viewer anyway or absorber of content you kind of keep in mind you can see in your mind the where it could have been and whatever and you just kind of let yeah. it be Boba Fett was never intended to not be a Mandalorian until he decided he wasn't a Mandalorian. But why the yeah. fuck did he decide he wasn't a Mandalorian? What difference? Well, that's, that what gonna, that's what we're going to yeah. find out. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, sorry, Blake, but like watching Boba Fett grow up in the Clone Wars was right. kind of instrumental in that. Like there were some really interesting hallmarks uh, in childhood. And uh -huh. we'll talk about that. I, mean, I honestly think it, in a lot of ways it demystified the... The, the persona of Boba Fett that has been exaggerated by the extended universe and all of the fandom and everything else. I mean, I'm first in line to say that Boba Fett was like the raddest ever and there was no reason for it. But it was he was rad because he stood there and said nothing and, you know, the, he well, was the he guy was that he was the guy that Vader oh. had to make the extra point. No disintegrations. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like he was in Vader's like, what the hell, dude? Yeah. Like, Vader's going to be like, dude, you're taking it. You're, you're a little too far. A little too far. Just a little and, too far. Just a little. And, and again, it's it's that thing where, you know, once you get into the prequels and all the other continuity that, that, that grows, do you learn about the the scope of things that Anakin Skywalker did as Vader and before he was formerly Vader and all the things that he ended up doing? Because he became mm -hmm. the big bad that was responsible for, like, everything in the fucking universe, right? right but at right. that moment, he was just a big, scary bad guy. And he was the, other than his, his bowing to the Emperor all the time... This was the one character that Vader gave a note to. Yeah, yeah. And didn't fair. force choke, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but but anyway, I, there was no reason for Jango Fett not to be Mandalorian. No, no. Even though he had scribble notes about what he wanted to do with Mandalore and where they were in the continuity that you never even got to see in the prequels, there was no reason for him not to be, and it's always been a weird thing. And you're right, maybe that will well, come but, out in the second. But I, but I think it will. I think there's going to be. I would wager there's going to be some fractal divide of a splinter cell offshoot of the Mandalorians that get kicked out of the tribe because oh, I don't know that they, they take off their helmets at a bar or something. And uh, <laughs> that, that seems to be the only Mandal. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Dis I'm not dis disrespecting what you're saying. That seems to be the only Mandalorian story we know how to tell. Because right. all the books about Mandalorians are like, but there's this group, you know. Right. It's like, okay, fuck, right? Yes, there's another group. But, mm -hmm. but, but, I mean, the Mandalorians are the caves of Afghanistan, right? I mean, the Mandalorians yes. are at principle they yeah. are a, they are a nomadic people that are loosely organized. There are more well, Mandalorians are more Taliban than anything else, I any mean, other that, Earth Earth culture ever. Not anymore. I mean, they were not anymore. Yeah, they were 100. percent They were. No, but... I, I, I would say still. I would say still. Well, I mean, not they're not the pacifist ones. Like not when the whole planet was pacifist except for Death Watch. Yeah, but that's not current. That's what I'm saying. It's like in in uh, in the oh, in the larger oh, sorry. swaths. I, I thought you were saying they are. I'm like, but no. I mean, as a people, they've become that again. But they weren't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, gotcha. yeah. So what I'm saying yeah. is, Mandal the Mandalorians were a were all rival clans being violent and then yeah. there was the period yeah. of peace and then there yeah. was the occupation and now we have this new that's what uh, <clears throat> yeah. like long-term continuity fans loved about Ma the mandalorian series was that you were introducing a version of the mandalorians that was so yeah. rigidly dogmatic in yeah. a symbolic way 
that made it very, very, very interesting. And, and, and so, I said it last time, I'll say it again. When they do that flashback to the troubles and you yep. see the fucking Death Watch walk like fighting through the city, and I was like, It's Death Watch. Everybody else was like, What the fuck are you talking about? Right. And I'm like, it's so cool. You have and no I read, idea. And I, and I read a lot of stuff about people saying, but the Death Watch were like the violent, you know, the terrorist versions of the Mandalorians. But no, you know, Bo-Katan was Death Watch, right? Like there was a whole yeah. period where they were the restorers, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. as we lead into this, uh, I think I think you guys are both right. This is a great opportunity for, if nothing else, and I'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen, Boba Fett saying, it's all a bunch of bullshit, right? Yes. Being, yeah. th- being challenged about he's wearing the armor, he's wearing this... This shit that means more. It's like the the fucking samurai shit, right? Like it's the, yeah. like the most important thing ever is what you're wearing and whatever else and the ritual. And he's like, and it's all hoo ha. It's all yeah. hoo ha. He's like, it's his armor. I'm wearing it. And I yeah. think that's gonna and be really hope, interesting. And then I hope Pedro Pascal shoots him in the fucking face. Well, <laughs> but we but we know that's not gonna happen because we know how Boba Fett ends. Yeah, we know how Boba Fett ends, right? It's not gonna happen. So. I know. But what I think is interesting about that is there the concept of the how precious the Mandalorian armor is, is based yeah. on w- earning it. And if yeah. nothing else in the, in uh, other than the themes of, you know, taking care of baby Yoda and all, you know, changing your perspective on what's important. One of the themes in terms of the Mandalorians has been earning your stripes in, mm-hmm. the, in the series. It was earning your stripes and a to family crest and all of that. Yep. At, to the point which even the, the underground Mandalorians were willing to come out and defend him to escape. Yes. risk themselves because it was an honor thing. Yes. And so sounds a lot was, like Bushido. Sounds yes, a lot like Bushido. It does. What? And, what and are you know, I know. Lone Wolf and Cub, and here's here's Ronin. Yeah. I get it. But the point though yeah. is what the point I'm trying to make is Boba Fett is at the at, at he he is at the same time a smack in the face to all of the honor traditions of the Mandalorians, because he's wearing the armor, he doesn't give a fuck. On the other hand, he earned that armor. He picked the fucking helmet up. And he and he and he tapity tap tapped and he got his dad's head out and he put it yep. on right like if you think about it, he, yeah. or, he wore that armor and he earned it in all of the Clone Wars stuff that we saw in the series and Rebels yeah. was him growing into the role that he is. That armor is as important to him. He wears it on purpose. It's as yeah, important yeah, no. to him as it is to any Mandalorian, right? No, no, and so no, that's and a that's, that's an ideological be, divide. I think will be interesting. That'll be an interesting perspective to bring to it. It's like fuck you, I earned this. Just because I yeah. earn it your way. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting point. I dig. I dig. Rebel, rebel. But what I love, I saw the best thing about Mandalorian is uh, you finally get to see the stormtroopers behind the uh, the helmets, right? And playing around, yeah. goofing off. And also why yeah. they suck at targets. Right. They just they just suck at well, shooting see, lasers because of the that, helmets because they, they can't see right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good point to point out maybe it's the fuck the Empire's cheap and has shitty equipment. Yep. Well, it's 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 I shitty mean, equipment. Well, and what and again, we're just cannibalizing on our future Clone Wars 18-hour session, but the, the expanded continuity that we've seen through the series is yeah. has shown that the adoption of humans as stormtroopers instead of the clones yeah. Yeah, has led to a resource problem. They took yeah. anybody. They conscripted mm-hmm. people. They talked about it in Solo, which I loved. They brought yeah. everybody in and they forced them into the armor and said, "Get out there." And yeah. and I think that the bigger yeah. issue is not so much that they can't see; it's as much as they're not really trained. They're yeah. actually just fucking thugs, or both, or both, or both, or both, or both. Yeah, I mean, all, death, it's death all three troopers, things, right? The death troopers are the troopers that were actually taught what to do, right? And mm-hmm. they were. Like that, that whole sequence in Rogue was 
they were that was rough. Like yeah. they were caught by surprise. That's the only reason like that went as well as it did. Right. And mm-hmm. and and I think that the what what Rogue One established and what we saw bits and pieces of as much as they could in the in the two cartoon series was that the empire is spread really thin in order to do what it's doing. And it's the biggest it's one of the biggest shames of the of the sequels is that they gave us the uh, infinite resources that I hate so much. Sky- mm-hmm. uh, Skywalker was this. It's like they yeah. were Oh, but yeah, were, it's like the first like the first order and then they're building 10,000 yeah. dreadnoughts out and there. Then, and yeah, it's just like a, what the hell? And they put Panic Killer <laughs> in every ship and everything yeah. else. No, no, well, supplies. Yeah. First, we're going to have a, the Super Dreadnought. Then we're going to have a... I mean, it's going to be a fucking planet with a cannon in the middle right. of it. I'm right. like, what? A colossal yeah. negative space wedgie of great size and power. Well, yeah. and so in Empire and stuff, when you see a docking bay and it's filled with a whole battalion of stormtroopers, that's impressive because they all fucking showed up. Yeah. Right? So... But when you, you think guys... about... But when you think about the overall the overall story that they've told, the Empire and the books are really good about this. The Empire is spread really fucking thin and it's heavy uh-huh. on bureaucracy and a lot of uh-huh. civilian conscripts, not just with stormtroopers, but with officers and the moths and all that stuff. The books, I have to say, as badly written as they are, that's the one thing they've gotten right is to really hammer home. If 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 Lucas was obsessed with trade and commerce and midichlorians, the books have been really good at showing you how the the bureaucracy and the burden of supply and all the concepts that kill the Roman Empire apply yeah. to the and the American Empire, Empire. and the and the, yes, and the yes. English Empire and yes. yeah. yeah that explains a lot and that's why I disliked when you had an infinite number of star destroyers with an infinite number yeah. of people oh. just standing around waiting to be manning them for for a hundred years they're sitting right. around like oh I'm gonna build this fleet and I'm just gonna sit yeah. here and go to the toilet it's much more interesting to me <laughs> that. All of these outer, particularly the outer rim, that all of these planets have a few garrisons of stormtroopers that are keeping the peace because of the threat that if you fuck up this guy, it's going to make notice and then they're going to send in something heavier, right? They're going to send in the, the death troopers, yeah. Right. The stormtroopers going to walk around and just be like, hey, hey, do this, do that. And if you don't do that or you do some terrorist action or you have a, a rebel cell, it's going to attract notice. And if you attract notice from the core systems... A de- destroyer shows up, and if the destroyer shows up, you're fucked. That's mm-hmm. the threat of a very thinly spread empire. It's not that they can ultimately defeat anything at any time, anywhere in the empire. It's that you just don't want it to get noticed, right? Yeah, yeah. Until so, you're ready. Yeah, yeah. Until, yeah, until you're ready. You. Break the communications, and then you're ready, right? Yeah. Yep. So when so when, have uh, you have yeah. you done the new ride at the Disney's? The uh, the ride the resistance. Uh, well, I haven't been to Disneyland since they opened it, opened up the whole uh, Star Wars thing. I was Oof, waiting for the okay. kids to be ready. Oh. We were, had a big plan. Guess when we were going to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. May no, 2020. <laughs> yeah. I was stalling so, till right now, you know. Uh, yeah. There. Never mind. When you go, there's a bit in the new ride that is very. It speaks to the things we're talking about, especially mm-hmm. with running into a bunch of stormtroopers. Yeah. And it's. <laughs> It was like you're kind of like it's funny to be like yeah fuck stormtroopers, but then when you're confronted with like a fucking platoon, you're like oh yeah this would be a problem. This would no, it's it, it's a it's a <laughs> there, there is something impressive about uh, the, the even the new footage on the reboot of Episode Four, right when they go into the hangar bay, 
Yeah. The, and yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan and Darth are facing off, and all of yeah. those stormtroopers are there. It's like, yeah, this would suck. I can see why yeah. everybody's shitting yeah, their pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I was ta- I was talking yeah. to a I was talking to a buddy recently and and the way I look at stormtroopers and I think rebels was really good at showing this stormtroopers in a in an occupied planet are like these images we see from the Middle East when uh American or uh coalition soldiers are in this village and they're walking around they're fully armed they got all their shit all over them and there's a bunch yeah. of civilians around and then one asshole throws a fucking bottle or a rock or something or takes a <laughs> shot at him. Yep, yep. And they're immediately, you know, and they start, and it's like they're a fucking weapon of mass destruction because in scale, yeah. there's so much mm-hmm. more than anything around them. That's I mean, what again, I love about that story. Again, we come all the way back to Rogue One with mm-hmm. that scene in the marketplace, which is just like. It's just oh, bananas. Funny. It's just bananas. Yeah. The it's kid, so the, the little kid, the little girl crying in the middle of it yeah. all, and it's like, oh man, it's and but but then you, I mean, it's it full circle again, life imitating art, art imitating life, like the Syrian scenes. Oh, it, it was fucking the, Beirut the yeah. getting bombed yeah. and everything else. It's just like, yeah, it's fucking yeah. Beirut. That whole that whole marketplace yeah. scene was straight up Beirut. I loved it, yep. and well, yep. I don't love Beirut, but I love, but I love that the fact that they were evoke imagery that particularly adult fans who are or attentive to the world. Mm-hmm would recognize right yep well you so can they, you can associate with it because it's in your experience it's not something alien to you right. it's something you've seen before right, right? And, yeah. and and it never ends well right yeah. and and actually yeah. one of the best things that the sequels either in the books or in the movies movies barely touched it because you i couldn't make heads or tails of the the structure of government in the movies but in the books they established that the new republic fell apart this they were cannon fodder for the first order in the same way that the old republic was manipulated into complacency and then taken over yeah. but yeah th- th- yeah i never understood how the new republic just just like got wiped off of the face of the universe in well, like books, 15 minutes and the backstory wasn't yeah but i, I haven't read any of those right but, just... but what the books what the what the books show is that they compl- they become heavily i mean it's leans it leans heavily in in uh sort of thematic thematically some current events but the books established that the New Republic is heavily divided in partisan fashion between centrists in the in the uh, in the central systems and the I forget what they call it, but the the other party, which are the the more peace loving, more zen, less xenophobic uh, senators that represent the outer rim. And so mm-hmm. there's that racist divide in the New Republic where their centrists are basically like you know going back to the roots of the xenophobia that allowed the empire to take such control which was set the central systems are great and the outer rims are scum and it's like right this might be yeah. a this might be a a reflection of the times they're written in i don't know yeah maybe. it might be <laughs> but what they show so, is the books show that the new republic was so uh stagnant in terms of their their ability to govern and they were so uh, uh diluted in their effectiveness that Leia quit as a senator and gave up and joined the resistance, right? Like, no one would listen to her when she had, in the book, she has evidence of the First Order forming and no one cared. So she's like, oh, all right, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm out. So anyway, look, listen, back to our our news. The thing I wanted to mention was that the Boba Fett joining Mandalorian is a thing, and that's exciting. But what was more important was that Tamura Morrison is playing Boba Fett, who played Django and Boba and all the clones in the prequels. This is important because he's going to be playing more than one character. Absolutely That's going to be cool. playing more than one character. And this is 
only relevant if you followed the the, the cartoons and stuff. But you know he's going to be Rex. He's going to be uh, Rex. He better, he better be Rex. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I love Rex. Like you have to understand, uh, uh, Commander Rex or Captain Rex, whatever his rank is, and Ahsoka Tano are characters that are very interwoven and they're so important in the Clone Wars series and in Rebels to the point that they are more um, they're more Star Wars than most of the film characters are including okay. Skywalkers, right? So, so this is so big, big, that, big news. you remember that old dude on Endor? What's that? You remember, um, remember yeah, the I, old dude on Endor? Yeah, 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 I know it. I know, I know. They say yeah. that's him, right? With the beard? Yeah. Yes, yes. And I swear to God, it's just someone who was like, at some point was like, who the fuck is that old, that old ass rebel? Yeah. I'm going to yeah, write he, his story. He was a craft <laughs> services, right? Well, it's the same yeah. way that, it's the same way that I got through all of those. I was got through as far as I did on the books and I never really realized that Tommen was, Snap Wesley was, uh, 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 what's his name in the sequels? Uh, huh. JJ's Good Luck Charm, who's in all of his projects. Can't remember the actor's name. He's in Lost. Okay. He's the pi- original pilot in Lost. He's in every JJ yeah, hey. Abrams series. His character yeah. in the sequels as an X-Men yeah. pilot is Snap Wesley yeah, yeah. from the books. Oh, and okay. I read, I was reading the books, I and I never realized that. he was the same guy. And you know, Skywalker, he ends badly. Yeah. In the last movie, he has the sparky, he has a sparky cockpit, which is yeah, an unglamorous yeah. end for him. And we never hear oh. anything about his mom, right, or his dad, or his uh, father-in-law, who you know has that yeah. big role to play in those books. Anyway, so look, okay. I'm excited. So. Uh, not only do we have the the likelihood so the boba fett story is gonna be big and they say it's gonna be bigger in season three than even in season two but you know that rex is gonna be in there if not other clones this opens up the doors to a lot of really interesting stuff because that's a fascinating thing about the star wars story where the fuck are all the clones right yeah because it's retcon right we never have clones in the pre in the original series right it was just a, a throwaway reference but in the ret in the retcon of the prequels clones are fucking a huge thing yeah. And they all get, mm-hmm. they somehow get supplanted. They get, they get, uh, drummed out. I really wish they would keep the, uh, the pre, the, the extended universe, um, history of that where the clone rebellion happens and the emperor is like, oh, fuck a whole bunch of this noise. Really? And then Tell just, me about that. I, I oh, never read any of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to massacre this and I'm sure that we're going to get comments. But it, it, <laughs> it basically, so sure. <laughs> basically boils down to, there were a, a group of clones who got kind of pissy about the Emperor and were like, fuck a whole bunch of this noise, and rebelled. And the Emperor was like, huh, having the same dude might be a problem. So he puts down the rebellion and then starts conscripting regular, quote-unquote, humans to the armor army, taking the best one of those and cloning those, right? right. So you have one faction of clones you have mm-hmm. multiple factions of clones so they can't so there, there's less chance of them all kind of feeling a kinship and a bond sure. in that way um, that's really interesting i mean at the time yeah. that the extended universe stuff was written there was no yeah. i mean the, the whole clone war stuff wasn't very flushed out right they didn't really have yeah. the same no, no, no. this was about the same time they were doing that that weird like the crimson dawn and yeah. the uh like the thing about the uh what the hell the um the really the the guys that never did anything but looked badass in the emperor's chamber. What the hell were they called? The big the big red ones with the stabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. centurions. In, the centurions in the original, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, praetorians yeah. in the in the sequel. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Like they well, always the Praetorians had something to do. Best yeah, like, best fight in the movie. whole series, right? Yes. Never do anything. They've never done anything. <laughs> best fight, best fight out of the cartoons, except for the cartoons. Yeah. Live action fight. Yes. Yeah. Uh well, well and also though, I think um I think what's interesting about that is that I mean there's still huge blocks of the continuity that we don't understand, right? We don't yeah. understand we don't actually understand. At least I haven't encountered it yet. We don't understand why and how the clones were drummed out and that humans were brought in when humans were infinitely uh, inferior to the clones. Yeah. The clones yeah. were actually programmed to do what they're doing. They were yep. genetically engineered to do what they're doing. And then order 66 purged all the Jedi, but right. then they're still uh, programmed from birth to be completely subservient to your instructions in the military order. So right. mm -hmm. clones and, and the clone wars cartoon shows vividly how much better they are than stormtroopers they're fucking oh, yeah. badass the average yeah. clone is fucking badass let alone the experts so there's a real missing link in the modern continuity of star wars as to why we got to where we are and it's yeah. not just about reach because kamino was still churning shit out right we never saw kamino blow up and kamino is not the only clone factory planet right like i'm assuming that he genocided the Kam the kaminoans like, there's no way the Emperor let them stick around. I don't know why. <laughs> why, though? It's not a risk to him at all, because once he's got control, he's got the propaganda machine, he's got he's got control of the media, he's got he's dissolved yeah, the Senate. It doesn't matter anymore. He, he hates loose ends, man. Yeah, he but... <laughs> bullshit, because... Bullshit. They routinely go through to various planets and completely occupy them, burn them up of resources, and move on. It was a central tenet to... They showed it in Solo... It was a simple yeah, yeah. tenet in Rebels, right? Yeah. Consume the planet, move on. So there's no yep. reason why he wouldn't burn the Kaminoans out or take over that technology. And they've also said in all of the uh, stupid extra non-filmed continuity of Rise of Skywalker that uh, the fucking Emperor had a million clones of himself and their whole clon cloning system and all that other stuff. So That's that, fair. That's fair. That bullshit suggests that they did have the cloning technology. There's no reason they yeah. wouldn't do the EU stuff that you described. Take yeah. various people, clone many of them, fill the ranks, fill the suits, yeah. right? So look, guys, I mean, the whole the whole thing about him being cast is we've got an seamless. opportunity. Seamless. Rebels, rebel, seamless. Rebels showed us that it's interesting. It's more interesting to show clones growing older, yeah, developing lines in their faces, getting well, thicker, scars, and you know, I mean. And, uh, the Clone Wars, I mean, sorry, Blake. The Clone Wars showed that. I mean, the growth of the clones you actually follow when they start giving them names. Yes. Holy, how but about also, ripping out my heart? But also, it was still like in the same uh, context of soldiers that like uh, get tattoos and stuff. Some yep. of them would change their hair or they yep. get weird. Ta they were allowed so they, to get fucking yeah. face tattoos and shit, whatever. But you know, ultimately, <laughs> we're still following. That awesome. And, like, the names they chose were so freaking – like, there's a character who calls himself Fives because – I was going to say Fives. I totally Fives. Fives he is was, the best. Oh, my God. Like, I love Fives. He was, like, CT5555, right? Fives, right? Yeah. He's a Fives. And he turns yeah. out to be an incredibly important character in the overall context of that story, right? Yeah. Yeah. All of the – all of the um... – God, it's really hard not to cannibalize that conversation. Anyway – Coming back to it, in the Clone Wars, you see variations in individuality in the clones, in the affectation that they have. When you have the helmets off, they got different hair colors and fucking haircuts and 
in uh, facial hair and tattoos and stuff. But in Rebels, you saw the surviving clones older. They're like 45, 50, 55 years old. And they have a bit of a gut, maybe. They got a beard in case of Rex. And someone else has got a fucking like, little faux hawk kind of thing going on. And whatever it was. You saw they were no longer in the army. And so they were able to just... They were vets, right? And I fucking love that. Clones I, I love as vets was amazing, right? So that's what I yeah, think. Yeah, those, those clones, man, that was such... Like, I remember <clears throat> people talking shit about Rebels. And then I sat down and watched it in, like, maybe three sittings. And was like, no, nah, fuck it. This was good. There's this a was weird good. backlash against Rebels right now. Because the uh, last season of Clone Wars has modern animation technology. But is that style? So now they're like, well, shitting on Clone Wars. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. Yeah, it took yeah. it took me like two episodes to get used to Clone Wars, and then all of a sudden I was in. I mean, not Clone Wars, uh, Rebels. Two episodes yeah. in, and I was totally on board with that. Anyway, like, I, I I think that he's going to play multiple characters in the show. That seems at, fair. I mean, at least why Rex, would it? Yeah, why would Rex and and Boba Fett, but also possibly other clones because it's going to be very interesting to see if, like, so far we've seen only post war clones that are sympathetic to Rebels. We were are abused. We sterile? were used. Huh? Are clones sterile? I don't think they've ever established that. I don't I wonder if yeah, I don't know. Well, actually wait a minute. Let me think about that. Because wasn't uh I feel like we've seen uh circumstances where a clone has settled down, but I can't remember I don't know. Huh. It, it's 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 yeah, it's unimportant. I just, anyway, was, was, was Boba Fett just special because he took one and raised it himself as was one of the training? You mean was that uh, you mean Django? Yeah, Django's Django's deviation was that he had a his special request was give me a clone that is one hundred percent my DNA, <laughs> but don't do any genetic modifications because they did heavy modifications to all the clones to make them right. subservient and, and uh, you know, right, whatever right, follow right. orders and stuff. So. Yeah. He said, give me an exact copy of myself. Right. And don't accelerate its aging. Right. right. That was the that was the uh, the mandate for him. Yeah. And then his brain was in the fucking helmet. So okay. Uh, <laughs> don't go don't don't talk shit to me. Well, and I loved when I watched Clo- <laughs> I watched Clone Wars the movie with my kids and they got fucking fifteen minutes in and they got bored. And then I watched it later at night and I was just loving all this weird shit like these tropes, like, you know, the, the, the fucking, the trope of like, you know, don't look at the thing, don't look in the closet or you're going to see my fucking bloody knife or whatever, you right. know, that trope, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's yeah. this whole like fucking young, young, uh, young, uh, Boba Fett looking at dad and dad's looking at him and Obi-Wan's in the room and he's like, so what's the deal here with this bullshit you, you arranged? And he's like, nothing, don't worry about it. And then he's like, who's that? He's like, it's nobody. It's my son. And then he's like looking, everyone looks at the closet door. Right, and then in the clo- in the in the darkness of the closet door, you see all the fucking Jango Fett armor, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, close the door. Why would you like pile it in the fl- on the floor? Right, just like, yeah. like what is wrong with you? Don't you have an armor rack? I will say no though, I, I no pride, <laughs> no armor rack. But I will say that what was great was he walks out, and the first thing that Obi Wan does is he calls home, and he's like. You know, Jedi Council that doesn't listen to anything. Uh, Jango Fett's fucked up. We're going to take him out. <laughs> like, he, he totally knew and didn't lead on. And a competent director would have shown him detecting that, but not showing that he knew. Yeah. And and then kind of maneuvering them into 
an awkward situation where they give information up, right? But instead, we got this, in which they just stare at each other for a while and stare at the closet together, and then he walks out. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost enough to want to have a closet full of Django Fed armor just to be able to reference it on social media. (laughs) Just a while, I walk in, hey, Tom. <laughs> if, uh, if this was a video recording, that would be fucking amazing. Just pant stage left, <laughs> stage right, right. Anyway, I think it's going to be multiple characters. But what I'm interested in is seeing variations on clones that have assimilated into the post empire or the empire and then post empire world. We've only seen a one small group of clones that have survived and are rebels. What I'd like to see is clones that have integrated society just like any other vet that have varying political views about things. There should be some pretty pro-Empire clones. I don't know the degree to which the mass of clones know, the mass of clones know that they had a chip that programmed them to kill all the fucking Jedi. I don't know that they know that they were programmed to do that. I mean, you also have to imagine that not all of the clones were fighting with Jedi on every front. Right, right. When Order 6 went out, some groups did the thing, and other groups were like, yeah, we're still fighting this fight, right? Well, but there's, <laughs> a, there's a subtext to it that was that suggested that they were programmed to take uh, to have complete obedience to orders from their commanding officers and the leading all the way up to the Emperor. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't just kill the Jedi. It was you know, even, even if there's no Jedi in the ship, or even if there is a Jedi in the ship, the idea that you're told immediately to turn on your commanding officer, because they had military rank in the military, in the in the army at the time. They were oh, told... see, I, hmm? I, see, that's not how I read that, but maybe that's interesting. That's interesting thought about it. I mean, if you're a soldier, and you've been pre-engineered from birth to follow the, the strict code of the military, and you follow yeah, the yeah. orders of your superiors, and, yeah. the, and the Jedi were forced into a position where they had military rank they're being told Uh, by programming turn on your commanding officer so they have to be aware that there's a problem with that it's an asimov level conflict in their programming Uh oh yeah no true so there's a whole story there do clones do clones have mental breaks do they implode because they can't fucking deal there's a whole concept there that that is not mine but we may get a bit of that in Mandalorian because we could have the chance to see other other clones from other sort of walks of life. Yeah, yeah, cyber that'd be cool. cyber walks of life, and uh, <laughs> and maybe that'd be interesting. So uh, and then similarly, it was like they waited like barely a day before they revealed that uh, Katie Sackhoff is going to be uh, Bo-Katan in Mandalorian. I'm I'm stoked. I'm totally stoked. I, I, again, I'm sorry, Blake. This is Clone Wars stuff, but she is the, she was the one that rallied and ultimately unified the Mandalorians after Maul had attempted to take over that planet. Ah, and got it. All, all I can say is, so she's probably the reason why the Empire freaking wrecked that city, <laughs> wrecked yes. that planet. She she was yeah. the leader of the with with Jedi help. She was the leader of the best in, the most successful insurrection against the emerging Empire. And they lost because <laughs> we already saw in Rebels that they were fucking wiped out and they were super, yep. super commandos and all that other shit. They, uh, Rebels established that they were continually fighting an, an empire occupation of 
Mandalore. And the biggest reveal and the reason why it was exciting at the end of season one was that when Moff Gideon showed up and he had the Darksaber, the Darksaber is the symbolic... It's like the fucking it's like the crown and the scepter of the Mandalorian people, right? The dark saber was a saber for the last Mandalorian Jedi a thousand years earlier, who had it forged. So, so yeah, it's so passed who, family by family, right? Anyone who anyone who can take it in like honorable combat rules Mandalore, right? Like you can't you can't steal it. That doesn't work. But if you kill the person wielding it, you are ruler. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Sword, yeah. Sword of the Stone, right? Excalibur. And so the fact that at the last time we saw the Mandalorians and Rebels, Bo-Katan had taken over and had the dark was handed the Darksaber by Sabine Wren and was sort of officially blessed as the leader of Mandalore, overcame empirical occupation. And then the next thing we see in Star Wars continuity is Moff Gideon showing up, carving his way out of his, his TIE fighter with the fucking Darksaber. All of the continuity fans like us were like, what the fuck, right? Like, you know, that's a big deal. So what's exciting about this is that Katie Sackhoff, who was the voice of Sabine Wren in the cartoons, has been confirmed for the Mandalorian. Oh, that's cool. What did I say? Oh, yeah, Bo-Katan. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah Sabine Wren, somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the fact, but okay, but so the fact that she was confirmed, first of all, everyone's excited about the idea that we're going to see Katie Sackhoff literally as... Bo-Katan in the armor, which is exciting, right? Because we like her yeah. as an actress. But also, it's going to be really interesting if Gideon has the fucking saber, and unless it's all flashbacks, yeah, she's the one that lost it, right? I mean, I, it might be flashbacks, and that would be yeah, cool. Yeah, you're right. You're cool right. I mean, that's. I was about to say something really shitty. I was going to say, it's going to be really cool say to it. see her lose that, to lose that sword. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I yeah. mean be cool you're absolutely right. How that sword changes hands. I never thought about it as being a flashback. You're absolutely right. That could be. Yeah. Because they've already established that flashbacks work very well in small doses in that show. Right? Yeah. Death yeah. Watchy. Yeah. They do. Well, and yeah, so lead, leading right into that, it took one more day and it became very likely that we're going to see a Sabine Wren because of some of the statements that were made suggesting well, that Sabine a, Wren. If we're getting a Sakatano, then we're. That's the thing. How are we not getting a red at that point? And again, and again, I'm so sorry, Blake, because this is all based on a continuity that you don't understand. But just take us at our word. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. It's fucking great. The whole point <laughs> is Sabine Wren, who's a Mandalorian, who's a rebel, is directly connected to Ahsoka Tano and various other players in the Rebels world. At the end of the Rebel series, she was directly related to these other characters. And so if, if Ahsoka Tano is coming back in Mandalorian... In that timeline, it makes sense that Sabine Wren would be with her, right? But this is really exciting because now we're talking about two different Mandalorians who are directly, who at one point held that saber and were basically unifying Mandalore, and neither of them are in power. And I don't even know if Mandalore exists at this point. And neither of them actually follow the path that our current Mandalorian follows. That's right. They'll take like, their helmets I off at anything. Yeah, like Ren Ren was like, it is my people and I yeah. fight for my people. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't this this ethos this ethos of like no, like there are different rules. It'll be Ren Ren is literally like the graffiti artist who can't do his work with the glasses on. They gotta take their glasses off because they're like <laughs> nearsighted. Ren yeah. is a graffiti artist. She has to take the helmet off whenever she's doing any of her, her fucking 
She graffitis. Anyway, the point is, she takes her helmet off a lot. <laughs> so, but, there you go. but that's Good. very interesting though, because the clan of Mandalorians that we see in season one are—they don't take their helmet off ever. They're yeah, dogmatic. That, they're very yeah. aggressively dogmatic, and that's interesting. That's the way. This is the that way. This is the way. So, who in the season two is going to do the the time honored Star Wars tradition of of uh, recycling uh, popular lines, right? Who's going to be the one that says, I have spoken? It's got to be a droid, right? It's going to be some fucking droid. It's going to be like, I have spoken. Everyone's going to double take. Right? About, I've got a bad feeling about this. And then there's going to be a, a Wookiee uh, family celebrating. Oh, wait, that's the Christmas special. Anyway, that's the Ewoks. <laughs> Life that's Day. Ewoks. Life Day special, yes. I, I can't wait for an Ewok crossover episode. It'll oh, be God. fucking fantastic. The only good Ewok is as a I dead Ewok. In oh. that one illustration I did, it's the, carniv- <laughs> it's the carnivorous Ewok, right? Ewoks are fun when you see that they eat human. Other than that, yeah, you know, where'd they get the feathers? There's no birds on the fucking indoor. Did you ever see that? <laughs> Humans don't have feathers either. I don't know what your it, point is. They're not getting racist. from humans. It was fucking racist. <laughs> it was like, uh, like Tatooine Slave Master races, right? I don't know anyway, what you're talking about. Humans don't have feathers. It's fucking exciting, man. I, I'm excited about. I'm excited. Season. But I just. Uh, so. I just. Like, it's how, a race now. It's a race now between who's going to come on first. Is it going to be Expanse or Mandalorian season two? So who's going to come on first? Are we going back to your weird salty problem? No, no, because Expanse, Expanse is done and in post production, and they're thinking about yes. moving up the release early. Yes. So oh, who's going to. Right? Just, who's going to show up in my inbox first? Yes. Just we had too much Star Wars. Oh. We had to bring that back. I am an expanse season late. That's what I can watch next. Excellent. Okay, tell me. Yeah. So wait, wait. So again, not only did I challenge you on the Stevenson stuff, I told you at the show that you, narrative Mike, need to quickly absorb all the expanse immediately. And did you do that? Yeah. No, I have I have other things I'm reading. Yeah. Well, you know, in between tumbleweeds blowing by, yeah, uh, you, you could have read it at the show. You're right. You could have read it at the show while we're waiting. I mean, you do see the wall of comics behind me, right? You're like, I do. I love it. And the best part is that I've not read all of them. Narrative Mike, narrative Mike. The the best part of that view, and I'm going to screen capture it. The best part of that view is. You're like a case study in that weird meme of uh, like OCD people, like the tile that's wrong. You have one fucking stack that has this fucking jangy box angle, yes. like the box and stops the, at the wrong angle. Uh, yeah, and then and then you have the the overhang cardboard slat, and then you have the ceiling fan just blurring ominously like a Blade Runner extra set. It was and better the, when he was gone. The half halo were, of the track lighting. When you guys were gone, getting cocktails or draining cocktails, whatever you were doing. Uh, uh, the best thing was I just kept looking over there and all I saw was the blur of the uh, ceiling fan and it's doing that thing where it starts to go backwards, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And I was thinking and, the I, strobe. and yeah. I had this cognitive dissonance where I thought if that ceiling fan's going backwards, you have more time to read the comics because it's a wall of comics. But also, oh, Jesus. But also, I, I have He's blown a gasket, ladies. Did you love it? <laughs> still there it's still there it's loose but here's the thing i don't know if you put it in yourself or not but you have a circular arc of fucking lamps no it's not like circular flood lamps it's not circular it's, it's not circular it's an arc. it's an arc. It's, an el- yeah. it's an ellipse it's a it's a jangy ellipse so that's what it's called definition mm-hmm. right the yeah. jangy ellipse yeah yeah like another another mandalorian jingo lips <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the point. <laughs> so, 
so narrative oh, Mike, is that a, is that a room you do work in or is that just like your comics room or what is that my office yes yeah, my office so my office is three walls of comics yes so that two three four five shelves high five across that's one two three four five shelves plus a file cabinet okay pro tip yes, yes. if you have a rather large comic collection yes sir get legal sized file cabinets put a divider down the middle and they hold thousands of comics oh totally totally they are like i am going to all these boxes are going away i'm just getting freaking legal size file cabinets for the rest of my life short boxes and long boxes used to be a point of pride for nerds and now it's like just get the fucking file cabinet yeah, like i need i need fucking space yo like I'll i have i have tell 10, you comics i'll tell you i'll tell you i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but next time you come over i'll show you in my basement my sub cellar yeah in other words under my house is my entire comic collection all the comics are in plastic bins and they're sealed and everything else and they're all in there and i'm banking on thousands of dollars of visqueen and vapor barriers and all the things i put in to make that space dry yeah we'll see Every time I, every time, every time I've pulled just like randomly, like whatever, even like graphic novels off the shelf, which even sure. have a, a fraction of the smell of true four color comics. Every time I've shown my kids comics, it's been exactly as we predicted, right? They go, eh, what's this fucking smell? And also, what is this thing? And I don't know what to do with this. And where they touch it, try to swipe the page. You know, I'm like, just swipe, turn the page over. They're like, yeah. I'm swiping with the page. I'm swiping. You know, I'm, I, I'm pinching. Shogun Warriors, you respect I, it. I'm pinching and zooming. Shogun Warriors. By the way, did you say that? Shogun Warriors just now? Oh, yeah, man. I have the issues right back there. Do you know that's on my queue to draw right now is Shogun Warriors? No. All yes, three? Yes, it is. Oh, dude. Back in the day, my heart. We're going to bring over some Japanese products. Okay. Giant robots are in. And the best part is I'm still planning on drawing Japanese Spider-Man's mecha, right? And nice. that's, oh like the four, that's like the fourth Shogun Warrior, right? Oh, my God. Yes. That that mecha is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bad. I love it so much. I and love it's continuity. It's I, in in current yes. Marvel continuity. That's right. You're right. And I love Japanese Spider-Man to the point that it's unreal. And I only love it because it's so fucking wrong, right? It, it's... It's like, yeah, yeah, here's the costume, and we're done. <laughs> and no, no, here's the costume, and also, you got to generate webs from your wrist. The best thing to do is make a fucking giant, jangy, oh. fucking silver <laughs> wristband, but only on one wrist, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, so, it's still better than Turkish Spider-Man. Yeah, Turkish Spider-Man is a totally different thing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, like, the, the Saudi Superman was the best one, right? Where they, or no, and it was Indian oh, Spider-Man, God. right? Where he's dancing for a while, and then and then uh, like Mary Jane shows up or some shit, and then like it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Iron Man might show up. I don't know. So I know uh, Captain America's a bad guy. No, yeah. that's that's Spider Man again. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. So Blake, we've we've bored you to death with a bunch of Star Wars uh, news and trivia, which is related to content that you have not read. My question for you is this: hmm. either reading or seeing. Will you watch these products? Why don't you? I, I'm, I'm going to try and watch. Through? I'm going to try and watch the Clone Wars. I am going to try and watch. Okay. It. All right. Like anything, you, you have to work your way through the early parts and get and just trust that it's going to get better. Okay. Right. So, just skip anything that focuses on droids. <laughs> you don't need it. It's garbage. Not in Rebels. Not, not, not Rebels. Filler. No, no, the no. Best Rebels droid shit ever is in Rebels. 
right? Yeah, no, just yeah. just watch all of Rebels. It's all good. But okay. no. So what should, I, what should I start with? Should I just start with Rebels? No. No, you have to start with Clone Wars. Sadly. No, the, the but, first, okay. two, two, first two episodes of Clone Wars were released in the theaters as a movie. The yeah. Clone Wars movie. And they it sucked. It was just two fucking yeah, episodes stuffed together. It was lame. Dumbass thing to do. But and you're gonna you took you a, might, go ahead, go go. No, I was gonna say it, it takes a few. It takes a few episodes yeah. and a lot of, uh, you know, giving them some credit, just like letting yeah. them do it, until you start to ease into being comfortable with the animation style, yeah. which is jangy. It's not as jangy as the original Tartovsky, Tartovsky, yeah. uh, animation, the, but is but 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 it's still very stylized and the, and yeah. the tone of things is a little different. But once you once you get past the first few episodes and you see the kind of what the 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 groundwork they've laid, it becomes very interesting. Yeah, like if it deals with if it deals with individuality and clones, it's going to be a good episode. Yes. Okay. If it deals with so once Ahsoka's story starts rolling, like Ahsoka is a fucking amazing character. She starts as the most annoying fucking piece of shit ever, and then it becomes the most yeah. Star Warsian Star Wars character ever. Yeah. She, she starts. She's Anakin's apprentice. She's okay, everything. She's everything yeah. that a Star Wars character needs to be without the parental pathos. She's right? the one with the. She's the one with like the the mane of hair in gray she's and white. A tegru, she's a Tegruda, yeah, she, right? Yeah, okay. she is. Yeah. Um, and and what's absolutely right? fucking tragic in the last ep, the last season that they just came out with is that for whatever the circumstances is, you lead up to it, she's granted a a battalion of clones. She's oh been my away. God. She's been out of the order. She comes back. She comes Those back, and she's granted ads. a battalion of clones, and they all. She shows up to 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 greet them and to accept them as you know whatever as a commander. Mm -hmm. She's not even part part of the military anymore. She's just like yeah. honorary because they said the only you're not part of the order anymore. So all we can do is make you an advisor to mm -hmm. this group. And she shows up in the hangar bay, and they're all standing there, and they all have their paint, their helmets painted to look like her markings, mm -hmm. yeah. the, her face markings. So yeah. that that moment, anyone so, who's watched all of the series, I remember I got choked up because I'm like, fucking hey, these guys, in yeah. very short order, are going to be programmed to turn on her, yeah, and fucking kill her. And that was amazing to me. So anyway, you got to watch it. And any okay. episodes, any episodes of Veer two. One or two characters goes to a weird planet, and there's a whole thing, and there's no one around them. You can maybe skip it if you want. Can to. I watch in reverse? Can no. I start with the most recent and go back? No. Just, just said, watch. No. What I say is, oh. you got the time. Just, start from the there's, beginning. There's some hella racist shit in it too. Just be yeah, ready yeah. for it. Just okay. like, start from the beginning. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Start from start from the beginning. Watch, and then if you get bored, skip to the next one. It doesn't really fucking matter. Just keep okay. going, and okay. overall, you're gonna get from through attrition. You're gonna get the concept. Yeah. And they give, you, they give you like like old timey nineteen forties war synopses at the beginning of each episode. Yeah, the guy that so, does the narration okay. of the every episode begins with a narration, and it's this old timey radio show thing like War in the Outer Rim, and it's like amazing. And it's this guy who also plays the voice acting for one of the generals on one of the ships that frequently uh, interacts with people in the in the cast, like Anakin frequently. He's a guy that frequently talks to him, and he like voices three droids or some shit, right? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a very uh, experienced voice actor. But I love those intros; they take the place of the old scroll, right? Yeah. But it's always like this pulpy shit, like you know, yeah. you know, betrayal on Mandalore. You know, it's like these these 
these like mo- these like uh, very intense moments that they say, and I love it. Yeah, you'll like that. Okay, I'll start. The last, uh, the last is amazing. Yeah, because like, they jump. Yeah, all good. <laughs> like yeah, everything they, solid. When Disney when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they were still underway on another season of the show, and so they basically mothballed everything. And so what they did was they went back and they finished that season that they were originally going to do, but the technology of the animation has moved forward to the present day plus certain other continuity things. And so you get the best of with most for the for the most part you get the best of Clone Wars in this last season, which is great. Great, but you have okay. to see the beginning to do it. Okay. Here's the other thing I want to ask you about. How do you feel about Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> I like The Rock. How do you feel about pain and gain? I love pain and gain. There was a time when uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Begin Again, Blake Simmons, and I were in a rental house in, so- in Central California, and the wives and children were asleep, and we sat down to watch pain and gain. Mm-hmm. The uh, what I've was the director? What was the director? Bay. Michael, Michael Bay, Bay. was the director. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Michael Bay, right? So yeah. he jumps off of Transformers, and he does this story that he was like. It's it was my passion to do this, and so it's a story of bodybuilders who are on tough times, and they decide to grift one of their private clients. Wait, 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 wait! But but money. Anthony Mackie, but Anthony Mackie yeah, is Anthony also the sleeper genius in it. Oh it's God. it's oh, just yeah. incredible. It's Dwayne the Rock, Marky Mark, and yeah, Anthony yeah. Mackie. Right? There's a moment in this. Yeah. Let, let's just put it this way: this is the thing that I always go back the to. So first of all, we we worked through a bottle of bullet while we were watching this. So about two thirds in, I I turned to Blake and I was like, "Isn't that just like the most ut?" And he's just like fucking drooling. And I'm like, "You're not even here, are you?" <laughs> so there's this moment where because it's a thing where they commit a crime and then they de- and then they de- no, it's just decom- it's it's just brutal. Yeah, they but- decombine after that. And so there's this yeah. moment where they've committed a crime and there's fucking blood everywhere. And Anthony Mackie was Anthony Mackie's character, right? You know, it's Anthony Mackie's trying to scrub it out yeah. of the carpet. Yeah, and... he's trying to scrub yeah. the blood out of the carpet, and he can't do it, right? It's just spreading the blood, and then he comes to the conclusion that he takes out a fucking uh, a box cutter, utility box cutter knife, and he carves, yeah. he carves, the, <laughs> he carves the carpet out. He carves the blood part of the carpet out and removes it. And I remember thinking, in that fucking drug-addled hyper hyper overstimulated completely fucking panic state that was a completely reasonable response yep. it's oh, become yeah. a metaphor for almost everything in my life afterwards like anytime <laughs> i reach a point where like i can't even deal i admit i visualize the box cutting of the carpet no I just, a, cut it out it's done. No, the, the, my my the place i always go to is the rock when he's in the warehouse and he's freaking out and uh, he's doing all this cocaine, and he's talking to himself, and he's making shit up in his head, and he just goes, he just goes non-linear because he's a super Jesus freak on top of everything else, and he just goes nuts. Yeah, and, uh, I'll, I don't know if he, has anyone ever seen Southland Tales with The Rock in it? I, I've, I've I had love it, and I never watched it, and I haven't seen it's it. Like, it's yeah. like it's like it's like an issue of heavy metal on the screen. It is. Oh yeah. my god, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a it's really an under it, it's an undervalued film. Yeah. I and, agree. Yeah. That Justin yeah. Timberlake sequence, that music, like drug addled music sequence of Justin mm. Timberlake, fucking solid. Yeah. Solid. But he's doing the killer song and he's dancing around in the store with it. Yeah, it is awesome. Oh yeah. my god, dude! Did you guys yeah. ever see a uh, deep cover with Lawrence Fishburne? Yep. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of my favorite moments in cinema, 
and I'm serious, as a Blade Runner and fucking uh, Heat lover, you know, I love my fucking gravitas, but my favorite mo- one of my favorite moments in cinema is when Lawrence Fishburne, fucking crying, coked out of his brain, goes, you know, I don't know if I'm a fucking drug dealer, or I'm, I don't know if I'm a, cr- I'm a, I don't know if I'm a cop trying to pretend to be a drug dealer, or a drug dealer pretending to be a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Cut scene and that's an, and, fucking guitar solo flames you know like <laughs> jeff goldblum is at his creepiest best oh, there too it is yeah 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 uh back to dwayne johnson you love him right yes how do you feel about oh. emily blunt you love uh, her too right i love her too miss mr the rock yeah i love mr the rock mr and, the rocket yeah. and and, and uh and, and the woman who's John Krasinski is his, his is her uh, husband. Yes, that yep. one. So you know they're doing the Jungle Cruise together, and not just yep. metaphorically. They did a movie that may come out at some point based on the Jungle Cruise. So apparently their charismas were so good. They have a new project called Ball and Chain. Now, Mr. Mike Rowe, if anyone, do you remember this project? Do you remember the comic no. Ball and Chain? Yeah, might have been, might have been image. So the concept is fucking brilliant. It's a broken marriage. It's a, it's a, it's a couple that's going to divorce. Yeah. And a meteor lands or whatever the fuck it is, and they get superpowers, and they only have powers when they're together. So it's a lot like what they stole for <laughs> that Will Smith. Remember that Will Smith yeah. movie? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Jackass like superhero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was it's it? Like Wilson. That. What was that? Yeah. They, they Hancock. are. Huh? Hitchcock. Hancock. Yeah. Yes. Hancock. Hancock. Right? Yeah. Hitchcock, different, similar, kind of creepy. So, uh, Hank, uh, so, so, so Hancock, ball and chain. Imagine the charisma of Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt as divorcees or nearly divorcees who are forced to be together in order to have their abilities to save fucking Earth or whatever it is. That's going to be great. Yeah, no, this looks fantastic. Doesn't look- it? Yeah. Bad news. Josh Trank was uh, tapped as director. <laughs> oh my god that's gonna be th- it, so netflix it's not, excellent it, it, it's not true I, I just made that up i just want to bring josh trank back into it like i was thinking about a project no, that josh, josh trank. trank could ruin it's that right but anyway that's so, gonna be good right josh trank's gonna be doing the new percy jackson <laughs> oh so speaking of which hey oh, this is a, this is a micro <laughs> request for the news segment so <laughs> per- percy jackson was just moved to uh moved directly to disney plus that's the first oh, yeah. major project to move directly to uh, free streaming, right? So I am or, I am hopeful about this. I really so he the the writer Reardon, right? Reardon, Reardon. Is that Piercy? Piercy Reardon? Yeah, yeah. No. So no, Percy Jackson, but is it Reardon? Isn't that the author? I just want you to keep saying it. Reardon. Percy Reardon. Reardon. So Percy. Percy Jackson. Scott Lobdell. There yeah, is yeah. a there is like a, a presents line where he has hired people of different ethnic backgrounds to write histories in that background. Yes, which I find just a awesome use of his his platform yeah. to be like, yeah, we'll write stories from all over the world from people from that region. Yes, <laughs> which I'm really happy about. Yes. It's just like that's a really cool thing to do. So and it'd be cool if the Percy Jackson. I have not read all that. No, I have not. I am slack. Um, You're a strange trilogy for something you don't know anything about. <laughs> See, well, you know what? That uh, you saw the first season of True Detective, right? 
I sure yes. did. Are you going to fucking blaspheme me more? Yeah, a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, you know the girl, you know hey, the girl. Hey, 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 Mike, uh, Mike, narrative Mike, go look in the third box to the left and you're going to find a little wicker man. And then you can tell <laughs> how you feel. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Would you like so, a ticket to the deep south? Because you've been there. Oh, I used I lived there. I lived there for a while. So I pre- um, I feel like at the end of that season, I was like, "That's Mike's house, right?" <laughs> That's fair. That was fair. <laughs> yes, I often walk around seeing opera and then dropping into a really horrible draw. Yes. Um, yes. Any any environment where you can just walk along and drop into catacombs is fucking brilliant to me. I love it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Love, yeah. Especially in the south, where the water. I cannot believe in. you fucking evoke True Detective. I could. I, oh. No, right, no, no. On. So uh, the girlfriend. So, um, but no, like, so Woody Harrelson's mistress in that yes. series plays, um, was in the, was in this Percy Jackson movies. So she was like what? a teen star. And then the next time I saw her was true detective. And I was like, Oh my God, no, you're, Oh no. Okay. You've, you've aged. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Are you talking about, um, the Dario? <laughs> So she played. She plays a major character in the Percy Jackson movies. Interesting. So, uh, so you've read the books as well as, uh, or? Yeah, I read. I didn't read the entire series. I read a couple of them. Like these are cute. I like them. So my sense from reading uh, or hearing uh, some of the other uh, sort of commentary about this is that the biggest controversy about this is that they've accelerated the timeline in the first movie. Yes. Yes, they have. That the yeah. whole first book is leading up to villain turning, and then in the movie it happens very quickly. Is that right? Well, I mean, there's yeah. There's, so uh, yeah. So <laughs> don't settle down, and you hang on. Get off your Dario Google search and just focus on us for now. No, um, <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. So the, I mean, you gotta you gotta take. Right, uh, this, this is coming from me. You got to take any medium that yes. you're watching a thing in, yes, as an interpretation of that thing. Oh, I'm not an expert at it. Thing. How many so, Batman's have I enjoyed? I'm, oh my I, god, I'm, right? I'm totally down for that. That's fine. <laughs> it's just like people get so wrapped around the axle. It's like, but that's not what happened on page 42. It's like you are correct because this is a fucking movie. Page 42, <laughs> did you say? Yes, yeah. I, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but yeah. but but fundamentally, there's two types of fans, right? In the end of the day, there's two types of fans: the ones that want literal interpretation of whatever the continuity they love, and the ones that are willing to accept multiple interpretations, and they don't have to worry about how to fold it in, right? Yep, me. That's you, right? And yep. me as well. You could recast uh, all of Star Wars, and I wouldn't give a shit because it's a new version of the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh crap! So we're all on we're all on the other side. So literalists can suck it. Literalists can no, suck it. no, no, no. It's not culturally it. it's that's true. They, they they can they can exist in harmony with the the revisionists. It's okay. When has that ever happened? Ever? Yeah, I've never seen this. You see, a man dream. A man dream. So if I recall, because it's been a while since I studied history in college, but I recall the downfall of the Sumerians was the belief that radically opposing philosophical uh, philosophical values would coexist in a socioeconomic construct, and that's what defeated that entire population. Is what you just said. Look at it's not true. I, that's not at all what happened to the Sumerians. But I was, I was yeah. trying to pull it together. It's possible. It could have been. So similarly, when we're talking about ancient, when we're talking, 
when we're talking about ancient, well, no, we're talking about ancient ancient cultures that may or may not have coexisted together and may have had references to other important things. Battlestar Galactica has found its new showrunner. I think that's pretty exciting. Yes, if you recall, in the original original modern Battlestar Galactica landed with fucking uh, they're creating Lucy, right? So see, it's all it's us, but it's in us the past, yeah. right? So uh, anyway, I think that's pretty exciting because if they assign a showrunner, that means it's real, right? So I heard that just like the old one was a remake of original Battlestar, this yes. is going to be a remake of Battlestar 1980. I wonder. That's a very interesting. <laughs> so tell me, did you really hear that? Did you really hear that? I totally just read that, but it's just like I like it. By saying it. it was garbage. Oh my god! The You're freaking... saying it, and I'm going to transmit it. Therefore, it's real. Because if anything that anything the last four years have taught me is, if you transmit it, it's fucking real. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, guess what? In Wisconsin, they are in Wisconsin. They're already fucking reporting that, man. So uh, anyway, so it's it's going to be Michael Leslie, and uh, I guess uh, so. It's just the Mister Robot Creator, Sam Esmail, and then Esmail, and then Michael that Leslie. The little drummer girl, I guess they did. Uh, he did on AMC, and then also the Assassin's Creed uh, script, which may or may not have been a good idea. But I think I the important that movie. I know it's not good, <laughs> but I actually so, had a fun time watching it. Did you watch it? Yeah. Was there a uh, Westworld style mechanical arm that took him and yes. picked him up and put him in somewhere else? Put him somewhere else. Important. It yeah. picks him up and then it. You know, it was kind of like, and now you're in the other world doing your other things. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so that's a lot of money spent on a thing that explains why you're moving into a different plane. Yeah. On fisting. Travel. On fisting. Yeah. On fisting. So, but I think <laughs> I got cyber-fisted. Time fisting. Cyber, cyber fisting. Now you're in this hole. Cyber fisting brings us all the way back to Johnny Mnemonic. You realize that, right? I know. So, so uh, the point, the point though, is that it's important that they've uh, tapped a showrunner, and the showrunner has made statements that they have a point to what they're going to do, and they've said it's going to be in some way in the continuity of the previous Battles of Galactica, but they haven't really said how they're going to do that. I like hope it's said, not. I hope, but I hope, I hope it's, uh, it's not leaving off where they go off into the field and the gene splicing between the Cylons and the humans. I hope, I hope they yeah. go back to the season before that and not the harmonized universal. Would you be okay? Ending. Would you be okay if we did a? Comp we started over and was like, or the war happened this way. Well, yeah, so, I'd be fine okay, with that. Good, I would good be point. fine with yeah, that. I, yeah, yeah. I think now, I'm <clears throat> now, 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 listen. I'm. I have to tell you, I'm shook because your concept has fucking rattled me to my core, my 47 year old core. The fact that this could be a remake of Battlestar 1980, which is fucking amazing, because at that point I think they had espressos or some shit. Like it was like weird. Right? Like, I don't know, yeah. skateboards or something? I mean, was, yeah, yeah. And the Mohawk metal? Yeah. Do we need to explain what, night, what Battlestar 1980 was? It's like synth, a lot of synth. What? what? Do, do you think people actually remember what that was? No, 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 no. No, who's the people at this point? Oh, and the, and the dog? The dog, oh, no. No, no, in 2020, yeah, that dog. the people who know what Battlestar 1980 was are like, they're like historians, right? Neurohistorians. They're mostly dead. They're mostly dead. In the same way that the people who know that there was a live action uh, Buck Rogers in the 80s and like, you know, even the original Bastar, the fact that the people that would identify the fucking Robo Dog are historians, right? So, so we Boxy? Need to... So Boxy was the kid. Was Boxy the kid? 
Do you know what's on my uh, drawing queue? Are the uh, this is un tangentially related? Are the the pre and post brutalized robot from uh, the black hole. What's his name? What you mean, Bob, Vincent, Bob? or Maximilian? Not Max. I love Max, but I'm talking about uh, the one that was the the fucking R2D2 floating. Bob, and then Bob. he gets fucking beat to shit, and he's all mang mangled. Yeah, like, so as Bob, a kid, I love know, that toy. And Vincent is the one that is from the Palomino. Yeah, right. like I fucking love the Palomino. The you say, <laughs> historian <laughs> of the podcast. Tell me more the Palomino. about Dude, the Palomino. I my grandmother took me to see the black hole because it was a Disney film. And she, she was, she was so mad. She was like, there's we no black people singing school. with birds. What the fuck is this? She was furious. She was like, I took my grandson to this. I think she wrote a letter to Disney. <laughs> like, sure I loved did. it. I, I fucking love the black hole. Signed, I loved... signed Maximilian. <laughs> I, I love, I love the black hole. I wish it would redo that. I wish it would redo that. A ton of times. And you know you're right. If they did the remake of it, they had to keep the designs, right? They couldn't fuck you with have to. those designs. Well, they, they had to. They, no. So I think I think they can take on the little short stubby robots yes. and reimagine them a little bit, especially the westerner with the old time yeah. country dude, right? Because sure. that that affectation was just fucking annoying, right? And then, uh, oh but God. the killer the the well, killer like, bot the kill bot has to stay. The kill Star bot cannot change. Star it was cannot change. The star units were awesome, though. The star units, well, but, but but not but not the old timer whiskey drinking no, no, robot. No, no, that no, was no. Awesome. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, like when they go, you know, the new priority, new priority, <laughs> research old timey drinking robot because we're 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 specifically avoiding talking about Westworld, and you keep bringing it back and back. Yeah, I do. The old timey drink whiskey drinking robots. I mean. <laughs> And no, by the way, the, the, going back to our fucking uh, conversation about uh, uh, Ruth and Superman, James Marsters got fucking uh, handed a raw deal being Cyclops in the worst X-Men movies because that guy is proto-fucking-superhero. He, he is. he needs to take another role yeah. somewhere. He needs to get some distance. He's done some comedies, the fucking hops and such, and he needs to well, get back into it and so be the guy. I would I, Yes, Green Lantern. I think Green Lantern. I think he would be an He's outstanding a great, Green Lantern. That's a great, Blake, Blake. That's a great wow. idea. But, yep. Okay, it'd be Paul, great Green Lantern. Mars <laughs> oh, which yeah. which Green Lantern? No, no, no. But, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. get technical with us. Not a yeah. good no, murder. Just, Not just a good any murder. any Green Lantern. Any Green Lantern that could take the bad taste out of our mouth from the only okay. Green Lantern on the big screen. So if he's the if he's the Hell Jordan, is he the Hell Jordan? I don't. I, I literally. I could not give a, a zero right, fucks. So, any so Mike. Near to Mike. Face. I would give him. I'd give him a Kyle Rayner. No, Kyle Rayner is a young guy. He's got to be a younger guy. It, well, you saw him in in the show. We're not mentioning. He still looks youthful. Yeah, no. He does. He does. Got, he does. No, he does. he's got jaw. He's got more jawbone than a younger person would have. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but so, I'm sorry. Right. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but Mars is a Kyle Rayner. No, but wait. Would, he's a Hal Jordan. I don't think he has. I don't think he has that long dick swagger that Hal Jordan so, has. So, so, so. I, oh, I think he does. And I think that Kyle Rayner. Get it. Give it. I'm not a DC guy. It's honestly, you're like, no, fuck you. You're wrong. <laughs> Listen. 
my name's on the podcast. No, I, you're right. You're 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 entitled to your wrong opinion. But I'm saying that I think that Kyle Rayner wants to be a, like a 20 year old. Uh, I'm the, not saying the whole no, point but... of that character was he's a kid who draws. It was the fucking fulfillment, wish fulfillment, right? He was a kid who draws yeah. comics, and now he's given yeah. the ring that gives him the ability to manifest anything he imagines, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. gonna be a kid. By, by, it's gonna be a kid. Uh, a rogue Owen, yeah, but. He just doesn't strike me as a Hal Jordan. I'm sorry, he doesn't. Well, but, but okay, yeah, but, but so you're you're there. You go with your traditionalist purist uh, yeah, little interpretation right. no, no, of things. I, I, I understand what you mean fair. because that is fair. I see most what you're pre, most yeah. pre parallax Hal Jordans are okay. in a lot and, like Superman, very rigid, yeah. very not, traditional. You're right yeah. in that sense. And, and, and we're not and we're not in that 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 whole yellow monster globby shit. We're not doing you know, any of that. It's gonna be Green what, Lantern no. prequel that goes into Justice League. That, you know that's who, what I'm talking. You know, yeah. you know, you know who no. I always imagine as the uh, as the Hal Jordan Green Lantern was the original. I think he was talking about that role. It's Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise as Hal Jordan was a great casting option. I hate Tom but, Cruise, but not not anymore. Yeah, but not anymore. You don't think so? Not anymore. No. No, I I'm, no. I mean, unless I want to see Green Lantern running away from an explosion with his shirt off. I mean, no. Kyle Rayner, yeah, running. High speed running. So I Kyle, said running. I, said, I mean, I mean, he's, I mean no, how, how wonderful was the news that he insists he's going to be like film some shit on the space station? And I'm just loving the idea of him just running in space, just going, uh, just like not moving anywhere, just kind of, you know, spinning his yeah. legs. Doing that'd, be, that'd be hysterical. I'd love it. <laughs> so I see Kyle Rayner as like the age of Tom Holland. Like I see it as like a young, it's like the youthful, the youth being handed the ring. Right, sure, but I mean, if we're gonna do Green Lantern, just yes. do John Stewart for the love of God. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Wait. 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 So, who would you? Do? So, who is your Hal Jordan then? Who's my Hal Jordan? Yeah. Oh, balls. Yeah. If one of you got one, go for it. I, I gotta think about this. Well, I like Tom Cruise. That's why I said. I've already picked mine. Who did you pick? Ernest Borgnine again. Ernest Borgnine. Every single time. Man. <laughs> I don't know. It'd have to be somebody like they gotta have that weird, that weird astronaut. <laughs> like you know how like Fred Ward looked back in the day, like right yeah. stuff level Fred Ward, like Fred if, Ward. <laughs> like back in the day. Like, oh, in the Fred day. Ward. Okay, okay, I got you. Fred Ward, like, you, not bad, not bad. I'm but not see, that's Fred the thing. Ward I would now. love a how. That's the thing, though. Somebody like that. Like somebody Mike, who looks like it would fucking be a test pilot. <laughs> I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I've loved the idea of a of a Green Lantern movie where the original Hal Jordan was in the fifties. That'd be cool. The, not the golden age, right? But like, yeah, yeah. like fifties or sixties, and then the yeah, contemporary like, yeah. one is Kyle Rayner, and the story is the both of them being connected. Yeah. One is taking the ring from the other, but the other's not really dead, and it's a whole thing. Think of a story where Kyle Rayner gets the ring and it's a 20 something year old it's like whatever it's like someone from modern family yeah, yeah. he gets the ring and he's fucking around hey wait who from modern family either if we're, gonna, if we're gonna give it to anybody we're giving it to al bundy that's all <laughs> so but imagine uh, imagine that story where hal jordan still lives and hey. it's like why did you get the ring why did the ring choose you because the ring chooses their yeah. yeah i mean uh the whole thing about the the pilot being like you're worthy fuck it take the ring the whole thing yeah. is the ring self-selects based on if you're virtuous enough then whatever if you're the green ring it's self-selects will. right you have a strong enough will yeah. yes 
So if, well, they, if they all select, you have to accept it. Right, but they do find you. Right? Yeah, yeah. They don't wait around. Well, around. They're not like, Skywalker's mystery like, lightsaber that's just in a box somewhere. <laughs> that, that ended up with somebody's, you know, under a pair of dirty shoes. The, um, Go down in what, the uh, corridor and then check this out. Yeah, the fucking droids. Put it there. Um, <laughs> how much, Mike, how much did you love in the last episodes of uh, Clone Wars that there's another chopper era droid oh, in that? Oh, so I, was like, I was like, that chopper? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 so, no, no, no. So, so if you so, imagine that Kyle Rayner gets the ring and he's yeah. a dickhead fucking teenager, like he's Tom Holland era, you know, just like girls and shit fucking just trying to like well i can make the ring make me a maserati or whatever the fuck it is and then the original hal jordan shows up and it's like that was mine you're you're wasting it you don't understand i was like the guy why why do you why do you have the ring oh, why does shit. the ring choose you instead of me when all i did was spend 100 percent of my time trying to be a hero why the fuck you're is right. it in the hands of a teenager who doesn't even have a fucking you know you're right. who? You know who I you know who I cast as Kyle Rayner? Yes. Steve from Stranger Things. Steve Oh my god, that's a great That idea. that's pretty good. Holy shit, that's a great idea. Oh yeah. Mike. Right. Yeah. I, I'm trying to look up his name right now because I feel shitty not knowing his name because I love that kid. Uh listen. Uh with uh, the big hair or the less hair? Less hair. Less hair. Less hair. I think he should have a Muppet cut, like shaved on the side and poof on top. So who, who, okay. So who do you think should be in that context? Who do you think should be? So I said it was Tom Cruise. You said it was fucking Burt Ward. Not Burt no, Ward. No, not Burt Ward. No, That's no, why I was like, laughing so hard. It was like, yeah, what the fuck right. are you talking who about? Said, he said Burt Ward, right? It's not he, me. Fred Ward. He said yeah, Fred, Fred Ward, Ward, which I, is even better. Rima Williams, motherfuckers. <laughs> So did anyone ever say Burt Ward, or is it just me? That's No, no, you were just... I mean, I Fred Ward. Whenever someone says Ward, Burt Ward should be the so, first So, so Fred Ward was born in 1942, right? Sure. From Tremors. Doesn't, now, doesn't, he's not going to be... It doesn't matter. Snakeoids are snakeoids, right? Joe Keery is uh, Steve's name. Okay. Joe Keery, yeah. So, uh, so, Blake, who do you make for Hal Jordan? I've already said James Marsden. And I'm with you, right? Yeah. So, okay, so now, and then about the Kyle Rayners, and by the way, there's some some subtext here. I'm writing articles for our friend Chris, who couldn't be with us tonight. He's got a sweet-ass fucking uh, uh, magazine that he's producing in an era where no one reads magazines. He's producing uh, tabletops and tentacles, or tentacle, tentacles and tabletops, I don't know which. And it's uh, a digital magazine that covers a variety of nerd topics. And one of the repeating articles I'm doing for them is the resurgence of our old friend, the R3 fantasy casting exercise, right? Mm. So uh, our conversation will directly lead into a Green Lantern fantasy casting for the magazine. You're welcome. So I'm Oscar Isaac. What? Wait. For Kyle Rayner? <laughs> Somebody likes it on uh, Google. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. That's not a real person. That's a bot. So Kyle Rayner. <laughs> oh, got Joe no, 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 I got it. I got, I got my, I got my fucking Hal Jordan. 
Okay. Joel Kinnaman. Yay! That's a fucking. So, so. so oh we no! Oh. We have, so here we, we go. Talk, There's a whole bunch. We have to talk about Ultra Carbon later, but I got to tell you, he is a fucking mystery to me. He is a miasma. I love that guy, and I can't decide whether I love or hate him in any particular Who? project. Which one? Joel he's Kinnaman. wonderful. What, what are you talking about? He's great in everything he's Which in. Which one? No, incorrect. He is Which one? Mis- he is terribly miscast in a lot of projects. And what I'm All saying right, Joel, is. Joel Kinnaman. Joel oh, Kinnaman. Joel, Joel I, Kinnaman. Love, I think he was great in Ultra Carbon. I yeah. love him, but I struggled to figure out his perfect role because. I the only role that I think he it was wasn't Robocop. For, it wasn't Robocop. Right. The oh. only role he was perfect for was in House No, the only role he was perfect for was in House of Cards. Did you see that? No, I stopped watching House of Cards. In the last season of House of Cards, he, or second to last, whatever it was. Yeah, last, second to last season before uh, the drop the realities set in and and yeah. he was lost. But he was the young Republican running against uh, the city right. president, and he was amazing because he was so charismatic and he was so on point when he was on film. And then when they were maneuvering their dirty tricks, he would start to fucking lose it. He'd get pissed off, and that was right. the thing. He would like he couldn't he couldn't be cool under pressure, which was amazing. He did such a good job. I love watching but, him, but I don't you know, saw him in Hannah, right? You saw him what? in the TV show Hannah. You saw him in the the no the episode. no no no. I haven't seen Hannah. Oh, he's it's, he's it's great. On my to-do. Hannah, it's Hannah's great. really good, and the raining, the killing, whatever that the show, killing. he's really good. Oh my too. god, right? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So I I only really know him from uh, Suicide Squad, House of Cards, which, which and Elder uh, Carbon, his fault, and Robocop. And Robocop is also not his fault. They just should not have made that movie. <laughs> yeah, but he could have done it under a different hand, I think. So, like I. The one and like that movie happened and stayed then, like, carbon carbon fiber the whole time, right? <laughs> no, right. I, I I liked so ultra carbon. I really liked. I I, liked season, I, th- I thought season so, one was a lot better than season two. But so everybody no. says that season two. We got to talk about that later. But everyone says season two open like just fucking open the floodgates for the realities of ultra carbon. Ultra carbon talks about the same concepts that some of our other projects we love mm-hmm. touch on, so, and it does so it in a. And I think it, it does it in a pulpy way. It's not very sophisticated. Yeah. But I got to say, man, everyone says season two was like the big fucking season. But I and sure, I, Anthony Mackie is great to watch. But I never I was able to accept Joel Kinnaman as Takashi. Right. Yeah. What was his yeah. name? Takashi, uh, Takashi Kovach. Takashi Kovach. I was able to accept yeah. him as the as the sleeve for that character and they would bounce back and forth between them. I can accept that. Better than, better than Mackie, better than Mackie, better than Mackie was like, Mackie was his own guy and I liked watching him and I enjoyed him. But as soon as I tried to make him to Takachi Kovac, I was bored. I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it work. I mean, when they brought Takachi Kovac back as Takachi Kovac, he was much better as Takachi Kovac than when Takachi Kovac was back as Takachi Kovac. (laughs) He was a better Takachi Kovac than the other Takachi Kovac was. I agree. So, have you? So I'm going to go Michael Trevino for Kyle Rayner. Oh, Michael Trevino, who's that? Yeah, he's uh, from Vampire Diaries. He seems like that punk kind of squatty. Weiner, emo brat, dark hair. Interesting. Michael Trevino. Oh, that's, yeah, good cheekbones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, among Hal Jordans, what do we want more than 
<laughs> no, he wants to. He wants to for Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah. Carl, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, but yeah. I mean that works. You're right, yep. man. He's got. Oh man, lips yep. too. Lips yep. too. He's there. Nice. All right, I'll take it. So. Hmm. So okay, so let me ask you this. I think you've made it a lot of compelling possibilities. And we haven't even opened the field wide into like other genre or uh, so the genre, my favorite episode of Westworld. We haven't even opened it up into other uh, genders. Right. Why, why wouldn't we have a, 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 you know, a female get the ring, which I think is very interesting to me. Actually more interesting. I think you would we get do. better results out of a female. We have, I mean, Far Sector. You're reading N.K. You probably aren't. No, so I don't. N.K. Jemison is writing a Green Lantern story right now called Far Sector, which is amazing. It is four issues in, I think, and yep. it is one of the best Green Lantern stories I think I've ever read. So What's she's the... a Green Lantern that's been sent like way, 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 way out there. And her ring is different from other Green Lantern's rings. Yes. And she is dealing with a group of seven seven no it's like it's four different alien species that coexist because they have all turned off their emotions yes sir they're, they're all kind of normal like they're all yeah. flatlined normal, yes sorry normal's bad sorry that's what i meant i mean they're all flatlined emotion wise so mm -hmm. no no peaks no valleys and there is a drug on the streets that lets you feel emotions again yes sir. and killings are starting up mm -hmm. so it's it's a real. It's an amazing story so far, and if you haven't picked up any N.K. Jemison books, I highly recommend her. She's is she playing? Badass. Is she playing Aresia or another Lantern? No, no, brand new character. Yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. So, yeah. lastly, I would ask you, uh, who would you cast for Guy Gardner? No one, because Guy Gardner's a douche. Oh come on! I mean, it's <laughs> okay. It's it's got to happen. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. But yeah. Oh my God, that's interesting. Uh, because so... I mean, I just think he can play that. He can play like I envision Michael Shannon with a bowl cut, and I'm like, yeah, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, it should be Michael C Michael Cena. Hmm, that also be good. Right? Give Wait, him the haircut. Sorry. Give him the attitude. You said that, and all I could think of was John Cena, and I know that's wrong. That is wrong. Oh, my God. So, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. John Cena is what I want, right? The 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 world, the wrestling guy? That's what I John want. John Cena. That, that's what you want, Michael John Cena? Cena? Michael Cena is from Arrested Development, which are awesome. Yeah. Look at I thought that would be great. Would be I thought that would be fantastic. Oh, Michael my God. <laughs> Michael Cena would be fucking amazing as Green Lantern. I could do a thing, but I'm just I'm conflicted. I'm just, I'm conflicted. I can't do it. I don't know about the ring and the thing and the charging. It's all very violent. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, John Cena with a bowl cut would oh really. My God. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. He's, How good that he's, would work. he's proven himself to be really good at that sort of self-effacing humor. We watched uh, mm -hmm. uh, Flame Jumpers or whatever it was. The latest with, one he did. On the firefighters? Huh? The firefighters? Yeah. Yeah. And was it he fucking, the whole cast absolutely killed it. And the kids, oh. my my wife and I were laughing and my kids were rolling on the floor. It was like he, the, that product was more than any of the other projects. It reminded me of the best of the, 
Dwayne Johnson one, best of the Schwarzenegger ones, where they managed to capture the kids and the adults at the same time. It was fucking great. Oh my god, at some point we need to talk about Bloodshot, by the way. Oh yeah, we do. Why? Oh. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. How oh, did you yeah. see it? <sighs> video Blood on demand? Yeah. You both video saw it? Yeah, video yeah. on demand. Yeah. Wait a minute. I read Bloodshot back in the day. I was definitely going to watch that. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second. You realize there's more colors than white and red. And you accepted that in a comic. <laughs> so wait a minute. You guys both paid for Bloodshot? Yeah. I'm, and I say this is a guy that paid for the fucking Trolls World Tour. You paid for Bloodshot? Yep. Yeah. All right. Tell, give me the brief. Just tell me the brief. What is, ah! is, this, is this Oscar worthy? Uh, no. If you want, like, there have been three restarts to Bloodshot. Three, right? Mm-hmm. Story. They took the worst elements of all three and made one movie out of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Cyberbits, though, right? Get shot. It was, Cyberbits come back. It was. It was. Uh, it was ungood. Yeah. How how do you make a compelling movie about a guy that's like the Terminator that gets shot and comes back? Oh, because he because he gets wiped every time and he gets oh, reset, okay. and so it's a, that's the whole thing. Wait, right. I'm sorry. Wait, you didn't like Logan? Is that what you're telling me right now? I love Logan. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Touche. So, who would who were the supporting cast, and were they good or not? It doesn't oh. fucking matter. No, I want to know. This guy, is the, guy. Watch the end all of our bloodshot coverage. I want to know. Guy Pierce, and I love him, but man, Why? he can. Why but Guy he was, Pierce? He was, playing, he was playing the same character that he did in Iron Man 3. I he agree. Did, 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 it was the same thing. Remember, you couldn't no, remember I anything. Agree. You got to look at his tattoos, it right? Was a terrible, it was a terrible character. I just, I love Guy Pierce for some The actor. I like yes. Guy Pierce. Yes, yes I do. Yeah. Was, he, was he in drag in the desert? No. Which was an amazing movie. Ladies, let's go shopping. Yes. It, um, so I I disagree. So who else was in the movie besides uh, Guy Pierce? No, no one. Uh, no Isaac one. Gonzalez was the only other standout. She was good. She had, but yeah, it's just it just and like they, they want they toyed with this there's a character in the Valiant universe called Axel. And yep. so Valiant this awesome thing called back in the day where they're like I'm gonna stop you right there. You use valiant yeah. and awesome in the same sentence, and I whoa, think you whoa. walk it back. No, no. When it when it started, when Shooter started it, and yes, I know there's problems with Shooter. We won't get into that. When it started, I love hate Shooter. Come on, I have a Doctor Doom started, print that's entirely like, about Shooter. Yeah, yeah, when he's like, it started, and he was like, "Look, this comics, these comics in Valiant are going to happen in real time. People are going to age, and we have a plan that goes out ten years, and then they put out Valiant Zero. And like they're like, this is what's gonna happen in ten years. Get ready for it. And they kill Bloodshot. They wreck like a whole bunch of characters. And they're like, this is what's gonna happen. And like I loved it until, of course, Acclaim took over and just shot that horse in the head. But Axel is the character that ends up killing Bloodshot and taking the blood of heroes, which is what the Nanites are. And I think they're trying to play a fun game of heroes. You say. Yeah, that's that's what that's what makes him who he is. Um, I, I think we, they're we trying way too much time on this. <laughs> no, it's not. Go ahead. So I think they're trying. To, I think they're trying to play into this character of Axel, who 
loses to Bloodshot over and over and over in the comics, and each time he does, he replaces himself with a new cybernetic piece, more or less. Until at the end, he's just, he's almost like Cameron Hodge, right? He's just a head in a cybernetic ensemble of death machines. Oh, right? I love and a cybernetic head in the ensemble of death machines. You're right. I love that. And uh, and I also like uh, Lamorne Morris, who played Wilfred Wiggins. He is, oh, he was yeah. great. Wilfred yeah. Wiggins was freaking hysterical. He yeah. was he was a good character. He made it he made it enjoyable. Yep. Those two actually were the best parts of the movie. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Let me ask you this, guys. We've talked about a lot of news, a fair amount of news, I think. A lot of Star Wars news, maybe some Marvel news. But I want to know, do you have any recommendations? Oh. So, you know, the kind of things that we would say maybe fit into the rum-fueled recommendation segment of our podcast. Do you have oh, yeah. That you've been watching or reading or absorbing that you would like to share with the audience. I just gave mine undone. Un Blake is undone. Done. Yeah. All right. I, I really like the the aesthetic of it. the yes. The script is pretty compelling. It's got Odin Kirk in it. Uh, it's it's got an amazing cast crew. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's a kind of it also resonates with me because of the Ralph Bakshi kind of thing approach to yeah. live action coloring and the um, little rotoscoping happening. Rotoscoping, yeah, and it's just uh, it, it was a nice little flow back uh, flashback. To Ralph Bakshi, who I loved, and uh, as a kid growing up, yeah. so and it, it's a compelling story and a nice, easy to watch and a digestible amount of material. If there's right. nothing I love more, is a digestible, digestible amount, amount of material. Of material. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anything else you want to share for your rum fueled recommendation besides Undone? So that's the, that's the one that stuck with me the most recently, right. and not Bloodshot. Bloodshot rolled right off. So. <laughs> I mean, you guys have done nothing if not convince me to maybe not watch the Bloodshot. But so I uh, mean, the yeah, the when, uh, it's when it's free, when it's free, when it's free. That's a that's a thing we've said before. No, I would say not even Dan because because you, you you come out dumber from watching it. It's just, you come out dumber. I mean, it's that's the all. Isa Gonzalez factor. Does it offset no. the dumbness? No, no, no. It does no. not. Mike, what not. about you for your uh, rum fuel right. recommendations? You have a so, thing. I know you do. I have two things. Uh, Strawberry first, shortcake. Hey, if you can't fight the purple pie man, don't fight the purple pie man. Don't fight the purple pie man. Right. All right. So first, uh, yes. I'm showing you guys this. Little, Little bird. bird. Oh, my God. So uh, I'm going to fuck this name up. I apologize. I don't think it's it. Van Polgeist. Van Polgeist. That's racist. Racist. Bol That's his name. Uh, Bertram and Hollingsworth. Yep. This book, uh, apocalyptic future set in Canada. Uh, yes. It's if you dig, if you dig old Mobius art, of course. And like, how do our how, how high are do, the hats? Very high. Uh, no, it's you. If you look, if you look at this book, you will see what I'm talking about. Yes, it's sir. more in the backgrounds than it is in the clothing. Okay, all right. So but, no high uh, hats then. No, no real high hats. Uh, but it's got kind of a, if you've ever read Matt Wagner's War Child, Grendel War Child. Who has it? So this is, so I'm sorry, it's Darcy Van Polgest? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Little Bird is the first book, but it's a self-contained book. Um, you don't need any more than this one. 
the new one, I think it's called Precious Machines, is coming out soon. I can't wait for it. But I got this on a recommendation from my comic shop, and I am so happy I read this because it is just a a fucked up story. It is rough. It is that little bird? The art is amazing. Is that little bird the fight for elders? Hope. Uh, the first book is called "The Fight for Elders Hope." Yes, that is book one. Huh. Um, I, I would like to read this thing. Yes, it is fantastic. Hands down, one of my favorite things I've read recently. Um, not a happy story. <laughs> so don't 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 expect some kind of like grand savior at the end. We're watching the apocalypse unfurl. Um, and then uh, Stray Bullets. Uh, yes. I have it's an old it's an older comic. Uh, you can get it from El Capitan. They have an omnibus right now. It's like eight hundred pages. Didn't you it tell is... me that when you bring it home, you had to stretch as you were oh, walking home? You so, had to stretch. So they leave a package on my on my steps, and my partner rolls out and she picks up. And is like, Jesus, did you just order a brick from somebody? <laughs> and the best part is she wasn't that surprised, right? She's like, did you order a brick or did you yeah, not? Did you order a brick? Are you are you okay? Yeah, so but I've been reading that and it's a a non a non-linear crime thriller. It's more kind of slices of life about how you become a criminal and like the effed up circumstances that can make Stealing you Stealing gum is junior high is what it is, right? Yeah, totally. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's it off the back of a of a cinema chair. Or like you, in the mo- in, it seems like in every other movie, it's like you met a guy or a girl and you're like they're cool and everything, and like oh no, where did you get all these mink coats? And then you're in. And then you're in, right? <laughs> but uh, those two are the things I'm reading right now. Um, it might have been Battle Angel Alita actually that I was thinking about, but yeah, go ahead. Wait, wait, what was Battle? I mean, I have all the Battle Angel Alita stuff. Meet, didn't she meet a guy in the movie? She met a guy, and he's cool. He had cheekbones like the other guy that you loved, and then all of a sudden he had mink coats, and all of a sudden they were like, wait, you're bad guys. And yep, yep, that's true. Bad guys. Well, so, I mean, he was stealing cybernetics from He was. Some... It was, ru- it was <laughs> brutal. But how the fuck? I mean, we should, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but <clears> how dope as hell was the evisceration of the one guy who had those crazy arms and they oh, brought yeah. him out and they cut his arms off and they threw him in they threw the arms in the truck and they took off and he's like oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever i yeah. the, the cyberpunk stuff in alita yeah if you, if, if you divorce all the other stuff from it and you just let it be what it was yeah when that trailer came out i was so like i was so interested in it until we got to the battle arena the the Sports the stuff. I, was like, I don't want that. I don't want roller fucking cyber rollerball. And then when I saw that movie on the plane mm-hmm. on the way to Singapore, and I said to myself, there's a lot here that I would love to see a lot more of if it wasn't the end of this movie and nothing else. Uh which is what we so, so that movie is five is five graphic novels jammed into one movie. <laughs> Just so you know. Like, what how amazing. Hey Fritos, what are you doing over there? He's oh, sorry. Fun- no, he's eating Funyuns <laughs> on the podcast. No. I just, the the guy that lives on like 90% of his awake life, he's on a Zoom. And he yeah. like, fucking was like eating Funyuns right there. So it's, a, it's an Amazon bag. Sorry. Go ahead. Of course it was. A full of Funyuns. So the thing about it's it like, was. Like if you look at Akira and you watch yeah. the movie, like, oh, this is Akira. And then you yeah. actually look at the phone books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right, oh, right, right. Shit. 
This this movie is like right. a quarter of one of right. the six phone books. Who's the old guy? And then yeah. see. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I saw a tentacle. Whatever. So yeah. anyway, the thing about Alita that I love so much is that it was go- another good example of hard of a, like the harder edge cyberpunk that we love, like the Walter yeah. John Williams era cyberpunk, right? Just like yeah. everything is chrome and crazy. Right. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was really surprised because we, Chris and I talked many times leading up to that about how, what a misstep it was that early footage they released where she had much bigger eyes. And we mm-hmm. knew what Rodriguez and Miller were trying to do, but we're like, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Too literal. It doesn't work. And they shrunk her eyes by like 15% or something. And it, it worked perfectly. I, yes, it did. 30 seconds in, I did not see the problem at all. And I, nope. all I saw was Christina Ricci, and I was good, right? The whole fucking thing. It was That's cyber. Fair. It was a cyber reach, Ricci, right? Cyber Ricci. Would you say? Hey, yeah. you know, there's, there's worse things to have in the world. I'll say. So, right. uh, recommendations yet? What do you Mr. got? Uh, so, Rumfield recommendations for me. Okay, I will get uh, something that you're familiar with and something that maybe you're not. I will recommend. The Clone Wars final season, not surprising. For Mr. Uh, Blake over uh, there, you got to go watch the beginning to get to the end. But for anybody else who maybe saw Clone Wars and then maybe didn't get the latest season that they brought back, you need to watch it. Because it's like the best of the best. Even when it does its divergent... What now? What now? The last season is amazing. Even that divergence with Ahsoka Tano is still good it's very good it's the best of clone wars in their filler episodes world and it wasn't intended to be filler but it feels that way a little bit but only because of the expectations that are brought to the final season right i think in the you know in the context in which it was originally written that kind of arc would have been totally normal in clone wars and you wouldn't think much of it but when you when you bring it back and you spend all that money and you do this whole thing for the final season, it was odd that you spend a middle segment on this thing, but I still think it was uh, interesting. I, I still think we're going to see, I think that is an introduction to a character we're going to see again. I think so too, because no one spends that much time rendering hair like that. If they're not going to come back. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Right. And also, that was the best time to look at the pikes, not the in the vague industrial world that they're living in, but like where, you know, where do their faces begin and their helmets to end and yeah. like everything about the pikes was the most interesting of those clans. And I liked that the most Blake stay with us. So my, I just saw, we started talking Clone Wars again and Blake just sort of, I saw his eye, I saw the whites of his eyes, which is not great because we're not fighting. So anyway, so anyway, are we? Are my, we not? Are you sure? I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been punished. I've been punished with Clone no, Wars. Just go watch it. So, okay. uh, uh, so the other thing I would say is so Clone Wars, and the other thing I saw, which I thought was great, we wanted to watch this for several weeks, and we finally convinced our kids by virtue of the fact that we just did it. There's a net uh, Amazon Prime series, uh, Amazon Prime movie. It's a commercial film they bought in the era of buying Sundance films and putting them on streaming. It was called Troop Zero. Did ever you see oh, this? Is that, is that good? Oh, my I, fucking it, A. It comes up all the time for me. It's not Wes Anderson level, but it's close enough that my kids are really uncomfortable. Right? Okay. 
right? right. It's like All bunch right. of kids. Right. Troop Zero is uh, it's like Georgia, rural Georgia in the sixties, and these uh, these kids find out that uh, there's a bunch of uh, sort of expatriated nerd kids, and they find and and then the popular kids are in the Brownie Scouts or whatever it is, and they find out that the main character in the story is a girl that was fascinated with space. And she finds out that NASA was sending a scientist to take recordings. It was the Voyager thing, right? They were going to take recordings of human, normal people giving their messages to extraterrestrial life. And they will put it on the golden record and put it on the thing and then send it out in space. And she finds out that the only, that they're going to wait till the end of the jamboree, like the the country fair. Again, this is all space madness to me in California. We didn't have anything like this. We had Froyo. That's it. So roller like uh, skateboards and froyo. We didn't have jamborees of any kind, so <laughs> it was quite different. There, any any moment in this film could have been the end of True, Se- uh, True Detective season one, and I would have just rolled with it. I wouldn't have known the difference. But anyway, the point is that the Wait, winner, the winner. So you were a Boy Scout. I was. Well, I was a. I got as far as uh, Tenderfoot until some tragic events. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Okay, it involved boars. And- <laughs> There's boars involved and Razorback pigs, and it was a whole thing. Oh, my God. The point point is, though, drowning. So the point is that this girl finds out that you can – that this NASA guy is going to record people's wishes for space, and she's become obsessed with space because her mother died and went into space, and she wants to give a message to her mother. Sure. So she's not a cool kid, so she finds out that the only way to get to this guy is to be – a brownie or whatever in this story, you know, like a little Girl Scout in order to compete in the jamboree to get a chance to talk to this guy. And so they end up working their way into creating a troop in order to compete in the jamboree. And the only troop available was Troop Zero, right? There was no other troop available, right? And it's very Wes Anderson. And it's very dark. And the cast is amazing. Go look it up online. It's fucking amazing. No, having no kids, you'll still love it. You'll love it when you watch it. Okay. And uh, my kids, I asked them about it afterwards. I said, "Did you like this film? Did you understand the themes? Did you enjoy it?" And they're like, "It sucked." <laughs> like, okay, well, at eight and ten, doesn't resonate. But wait, like, like every other Wes Anderson movie, like, right. like the one watching any Wes Anderson movies. Keep in mind, the only Wes Anderson movie that we've shown them, because we desperately wanted to watch Wes Anderson, is we showed them The Life Aquatic, and that we started it, and the first thing we discovered was, because, like, half of the art, half of the art in the house is Life Aquatic art, right? And we started up, and we're all fired up, and Doris and I are, like, fucking quivering, because we're so excited, and the first thing that happens is Bill Murray is, like, cussing like a sailor, and our kids are like, what the fuck's happening right now? I think they said that. What the fuck is happening, Dad? <laughs> I mean, uh, it was yeah. They say dolphins are intelligent. I see no signs of it. I I remembered thinking like they'll like the multicolored aquatic life. <laughs> Sorry, that was, dude. That was dude. Out of nowhere, I say dolphins are. <laughs> who among us? Who among us doesn't love an insurance company stooge. I mean, like I thought they would totally relate to that. And they did not at all. That, uh, so, yeah, that was a gross conceptual error on your part. Not doing <laughs> some totally. more homework I mean, on that. Listen, I mean, uh, understandably, I expect a lot of them and they're older than their years, but there was something about the life aquatic that really threw them for a loop. There were nightmares. 
had a lot to do with smoking cigarettes in a submarine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, like I talked them through the thematic elements of the movie and they just. And the thing is, from Doris and my perspective, Troop Zero is all about like Wes Anderson imagery, kids, Girl Scouts, and then David Bowie's Space Odyssey. And it's that all, or Space Oddity. And all that is there. But everything else made my kids really uncomfortable. So uh, uh, this, the incredible Mr. Fox. Yeah. Fantastic one. Yeah. So Viola yeah. Davis is in this. And if you know her, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. she, yeah. I don't know that I've liked her more than in this. Jim Gaffigan is one of the majors and he's fucking amazing. <laughs> and then also, also Allison Janey is fucking great. Yeah. And then there's a, and then there's a character Dwayne champion who's played by Mike Epps. And you would never know that it was it's Mike, Mike Epps. Epps yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know when I watched it. So, uh, Mr. Mr. Blake Simmons, I know that uh, yeah. we're reaching the zenith of your experience on this podcast. I want to know, yeah. what is your plan plundering for this week? Uh, any, fucking any Clone Wars. Fucking Clone Wars. Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Literally writing that down. Fucking Clone Wars. <laughs> with, with possibly not the most positive of delivery. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and anything else on your radar? Or is I think Clone Wars? It's, it's, it's got it's got seven seasons, so there yes, you go. I'll, yes, yeah, and you're so. gonna sleep through half of them because you know. All right, okay. Droids. Now, what about you? Droids. Uh, so I am going to watch Blake. Blake. To... Rebels has the best droids moment in all of Star Wars oh. histories. Blake. Yeah, Meg, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. With the butterflies. Okay. So, Mike, what about you? Oh, it's not the right. It's not the publisher. So I am looking forward to a graphic novel called Sentient by a. It's, I believe it's called TKO Studios. Um, looking forward to that. It should be coming this week. Looking forward to that. Um, and I also have Habitat coming in, which is oh. done by. Oh God damn! It's his earlier. It's an earlier book. He recently made a series called Protector, uh-huh. and I cannot remember his name, and I feel terrible about it. But uh, the artist is the same guy who did Extremity, which is if you dig oh, yeah, the yeah, Akira yeah. style art, What's go that? read what, what? it. If you dig, if you dig like the the Aki- uh, the Akira style art, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like Extremity is just someone who Bul- lives Bulbous that organs house. everywhere, right? Oh my god, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Um, I gotta say. Yeah, I got to say, at the conventions, when someone finds my Akira piece, it's like yeah. you know if they're an Akira fan or not, right? Because if they're not a fan, yeah. you see them look at it yeah. and go, oh. And if they are a Akira fan, they're like, organs! All the organs! Yeah. Let's take it. Oh, I can see a lung! There's a <laughs> kidney on the <laughs> there's a lung. Oh. There's a kidney. I think someone tapped the kidney to check the range, and then they kick the kidney <laughs> to kick it out. Canada! Um, watch the whole video on Twitter and then read all of the comments all the way down I will. the bottom. I will. I will. I just remember I remember in college after we saw Akira for the first time, just I guess it was high school, we would just be somewhere and from across the quad you'd hear Akira. <laughs> Can you know? <laughs> I I had a friend, I I rode a motorcycle in college and every time I would arrive uh, on campus to park, I would hear and if if they happened to be there to wait for me, I would hear them go Canada! You know, because <laughs> right, yeah. I introduced them to it. They were not an anime fan. I introduced them to Akira, and they were like, "What?" They're instantly a motorcycle that goes in reverse. I'll take it. And then, yeah. 
in the, the next episode, I hope, when we talk about the finale of Westworld, we'll talk more about motorcycles that stay in place when you leave them. Which right. is the best advancement in motorcycle future tech than Akira had, right? I just, I'm just assuming that the internal spokes of those wheels just kept spinning. Oh, yeah. To, oh, my God. Going. Right, 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 right. Dude, they're spinning. The The rim yeah. is spinning. And then right. it has a mag it has a mag connection yeah. to the right. outer rim, right? It's always right. going. But you know what's interesting about that is, and I thought this was really fascinating and deliberate. We'll probably never get to it in our Westworld stuff, but I thought as a tech and background and sort of uh, you know settings guy, I was uh-huh. fascinating at the choices they made in their tech that they showed. I thought it was amazing that that bike never peeled out. Because other yeah. projects would have had her peel out in some of oh, the yeah. scenes, no, it just, and it it will always was just we're yeah. gonna go. It was it was yeah. the Tesla model of electric vehicle that just rolled yeah. into action, right? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I really dug how all the mass transit vehicles all yeah. had a similar look, uh-huh. like the ones that flew, the ones that rolled. They all kind of looked basically the same. You know, you'd get in it. You knew where everything was. They the rack might be used with guns or beer or whatever, but it was always in the same regular space. The, it was just kind of a cool and the way that they were all yeah. volume. They were all volume, and then when it became the private security guys and the the faux cops, it was the Humvee, yeah. right? The ridiculously yeah. overkill vehicle. Yeah, I think that was just. I mean, I don't know. I loved which, it. Which you, which you also saw with um, Charlotte's vehicle yeah. right yeah vehicle was a tank it was yeah yeah did you watch the stinger? oh shit i didn't watch oh stingers oh my god oh hey, i mister, mister i Will. am an idiot non-narrative mike yes i, I agree and we're out